Hey there, podcast listener. Steven here from the podcast you're currently listening to. You ever heard a podcast and think, I can do that? Well, maybe you can, or maybe you can't, or maybe I can help you get started with it. Hosting is the most expensive cost you'll have in a podcast, and that's why Anchor by Spotify is the easiest way to make a podcast. Really, they have everything you need all in one place. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. With Anchor's hosting, you can distribute your podcast to other listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and a whole lot more. And if you think you can do a better job than I, record a podcast right now. There's very low risk involved. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor is free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. You too fucking thick. Can't get the door open. <laughs> he knows what's up. What's funny is Banner's so trained now that when he comes in the door, usually sometimes we'll have something or we'll give the cat something. He'll come in and he'll start sniffing around like is there something did I miss something over here you know something on your mind Hmm. you know in his head he's like someone make me lose my my mind mind. up Up in here up in here here. y'all gonna make me go all out up in here up in here (laughs) so now that you got everything squared away you're pretty much have a lot more freedom now huh with your license and stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I still have to go to the DMV in Arizona. Which probably isn't as big of a... No, I'm basically just going in there and going, hey, what's up? If you go to the DMV... <laughs> I'm just going in and go, what's up? They go, what's up? That's <laughs> but, uh, it. No, That's all I got <laughs> Well, with the DMV in Arizona, if you go during the times when people are working, mm-hmm. it's you're not there that long. You might be there for like at most an hour. At most, and I could be at the DMV for an hour. That's kind of weird. this time was about an hour. Yeah, yeah, but it was weird for this place. Yeah. Sorry, dude. If I, I was mean, in your you way. good? <laughs> yeah, I know. He steps over my feet. I'm like, uh, are we, are we you get the fuck out the way. I appreciate it. <laughs> but yeah, it will, it will allot me a more more freedom to do whatever the fuck I want. I won't have to rely on other people to take me places. Allow you to go. Yeah, yeah. We, you know, you know what? We need some stuff. For the um for for the kids and stuff, so I'm just gonna go out and get it and right. drive off into the desert. That's right. Yeah, 
Hey, I got places to go. Uh, where are you going? It's none of your fucking business. <laughs> nah, but uh, my you car. You're driving out into the desert thinking about what my life be like if I was single. <laughs> <laughs> my car is not suitable to drive <laughs> right now. I need to put some tires on it. I mean, the tires are so bad. It goes, cong, 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 cong. but it's got a brand new engine in it. Well, maybe your neighbor's got some new pair of tires. I mean, most likely. Gonna, yeah, yeah. Most likely. <laughs> um, no, it's got a brand new engine in it because of the uh, Kia had a recall. Oh, right, right. So they slapped a whole new engine in there for free. I'm like, oh, this is fucking great. <laughs> I love when you told me about that, though. You're like, oh, yeah, you know, they, they got to send it to Korea. North? North? Not, is it South Korea? <laughs> <laughs> South Korea. <laughs> South Korea. <laughs> Uh, well, that's cool though. So now you, now you have a little more freedom, and and now you guys come down. You know, the family comes down. You can split two vehicles. Yeah. So you don't have to cram all into one. Well, I mean, we have. But you give your now. wife most of the kids. You know, and then right. Yeah. You and William and the other one. No, we we have a a minivan now that fits everybody comfortably. You know, so if we were going out as family, we just do that. But I can guarantee or you, or you could just you and William could just sit in the other one in the. The wife take the rest You're of them. He's just talking shit now. See, <laughs> um, I guarantee you, though, my wife is going to be in the passenger seat a lot more. She's tired of driving. <laughs> well, so. she does it for a living now, so. Yeah, you know. which is fine, you yeah. know. You could do Uber, too. I mean, yeah, I could. <laughs> but you won't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I won't. Um, my wife's actually thinking about doing Uber Eats because uh, summer break. She realizes up. she can't eat. Right. <laughs> um, summer break's coming up. So she doesn't get paid for right. summer break. So she's thinking about doing that. Um, I do it on the weekend. I don't give a fuck. But I'll make more money working overtime at my job. Yeah, so, exactly. So you know, and do le- the least amount of work, which is you know my pro- my mo. <laughs> yeah. When I work on the weekend, like I'm just gonna be here and really stretch this file out. <laughs> or like, uh, what was it uh, on uh, Seth Meyers? It's like, I need the dad. I just watch you at your desk like everybody else. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Welcome, everybody, to the Lazy Geeks. I'm Stephen Vargas. I'm Adam Riley. All right. As we informed you guys back in April, this will be our lone podcast for the month of May. Uh, after next week, we'll be back to our normal schedule with the weekly show. Uh, what makes this show particularly special is that Adam is right here with me. Hi. <laughs> He's in Los Angeles. Hi. We haven't recorded in the same room since 2017. That's right. So it's, it's been a while. And in that year, we actually recorded a couple of shows that year together. So that was a nice treat. I mean, you're welcome. Yeah. You know, and <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, I had to come down here, as you probably just heard. I had to come down here to get my driver's license sorted out because they don't take payments over the phone, I guess. <laughs> yeah. What happened is, is he lost his coyote license. That's right. And in California, you have to have a certain level in order to get a coyote license. Right. And, you know, he had to come back. I'm just happy to be in one of these sanctuary cities. Right, exactly. And I was told by the news <laughs> that it's supposed to be just Wild West, no laws here. Right. It just looks like typical L.A. to me. <laughs> um, but we're living the dream right here, yeah. you know. Uh, speaking of which, yeah, since we haven't recorded in a few weeks, how was the move? How did everything turn out for the you? The move was good. Um, it was poorly organized and <laughs> did that surprise you? Took at all? too long and it was a shit show. <laughs> uh, but we got moved out. Um, my wife definitely apologized after the move because she was planning the whole thing and she just fucked it all up. Um, <laughs> but we get we did get everything moved. We got the other house uh, sorted out because um, the landlord. 
It's the sucky thing is when your landlord's one of your friends, like it's my wife's friend. So you actually go. My wife is doing more than she should have. Like we bought new toilet seats, oh, wow. and like none of them are broken. We just bought new ones. And I'm like, why are we spending so much fucking money? <laughs> but it's because it's her friend. So um, you should be just thankful you didn't piss on the toilet seats when you left. I mean, I still did. Oh, okay. So, okay. Uh, so you didn't give up your dignity, right? <laughs> but this new apartment's cool. It's a little smaller, but it's still enough space. Everybody's comfortable, especially since I I bought um two new bunk beds and uh two flat beds, so all the kids are perfectly fine. They have their own personal space. The place gets fiber directly fed into the apartment, um, so that's nice. The internet's super quick. So you downloaded the interwebs, right? Teraflops. I downloaded everything. Yeah. Um, basically what I do is I, I keep downloading Wikipedia, deleting it and then download. I just keep doing it just because I can, you <laughs> right. know, um, and it doesn't impact anything else. So it's exactly. Just like, you know. So, but yeah, it's pretty nice. So new stuff on that. I feel like we should have that meme with that black guy with the finger to his head. Like, ah, ah yeah, see, yeah. <laughs> um, I moved my, we have two vehicles. So the vans, whatever the van was worth its weight in gold during the move because I, mm-hmm. I literally just moved five minutes down the street. Mm. Um, it took seventy five time seventy percent seventy five percent longer because you were only five minutes down the street. Right, <laughs> but we we didn't rent a truck. We just oh. used the van, and the van was perfect. Everything worked. You should see that big king size mattress strapped to the top of the fucking thing. Well, I saw you put that giant Enterprise in that uh, That's trailer. Well, you know, yeah, yeah, it's what I do. <laughs> but um, the uh, what was I gonna even fucking mention? You know, oh. My, my car, since I'm getting my driver's license fixed, is a um, Kia Optima, and the tires are trashed. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also just been sitting there for a while, so they're right. even worse. Um, and I just got to get new new tires for it, but I had to drive it to the new place, and it was it was fun. It, <laughs> but it also reminded me of you how kind of felt like awesome you needed you kind of felt like you needed a, a banana peels to throw. Oh out my the, god! The I window, thought you know? any moment a tire was gonna blow. <laughs> like it was intense. Um, but it was Mario Kart in real life, <laughs> right? But since it's got the brand new engine in it, and that engine doesn't even have more than 200 miles on it. Yeah. And, um, you start that fucker up and it's like, like we doing something <laughs> like, Oh, okay. So, uh, it's like being prepped to run and you just have shitty running shoes. Right. But <laughs> since that, but that was the, before the minivan car. So my, my wife used to cram. I don't care if you know how ghetto I am. I, they, she used to cram all the kids into that car. Oh, geez. And um, so it needs a steam cleaning, definitely, because my wife was having them eat in there, and all this is ridiculous. Um, the front windshield has a crack on it, which is very typical of Arizona. It's just too many rocks around, but it's a sizable crack. Mm-hmm. You get safe light. I was thinking of the commercial. Safe light repair, safe light replace. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to get them to come out. I think it costs 200 for that window. Mm-hmm isn't bad um and then steam clean that the tires and then off to the races everything's fine so i'm gonna start driving that to work to to work to to work right so i carpool with somebody now i'll actually be able to participate in the carpool yeah and and you actually be able to like yo you know this is cool and all but i got dip yeah (laughs) like you know what i'd love to carpool with you today but i'm leaving on time go fuck yourself (laughs) you know so um, that's gonna be nice. Don't mind the don't mind the feet sticking out of that uh, that carpet roll in the back. You know, right. just push it off to the side. Yeah, but the only thing is, I told him I don't want to use it until one we get fresh tires. 
but also until I get it clean because I don't like my stuff being dirty. Like, but when you have kids, sometimes it is what it is. But since it's going to be my personal thing, I want it to be nice. Right. You know, because you got friends coming in the car for lunch and stuff like that. So whatever. (laughs) But to sum up, the move was fine. That's good. All right. Well, uh, I guess on that note, we uh, jump into some short takes. So two weeks after the release of Avengers Endgame, Marvel released a new Spider-Man Far From Home trailer, which included a major spoiler from Endgame. In this trailer, we find out a multiverse exists and still what's the deal with Mysterio. I'm so hyped for this movie, dude. Yeah. It looks... I, first off, Mysterio. I'm calling it right now Mysterio's a villain. Oh, yeah. Oh, I don't yeah. care he's, what they have in the trailer. Yeah. he's. Well, I mean, Marvel's known to misdirect yeah. you know, so much, but... Mysterio's known to misdirect. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so... But how awesome does... Like, Mysterio looks like spot the comic. Spot on and great. And that's, it's kind of weird because his outfit is goofy looking. Yeah. But they made it cool. Yeah. So... I was funny because... It was funny because I was watching um, Jimmy... No. Yeah, Jimmy Kimmel. And he was talking about... You know, he first got in the costume and he, they go, yeah, they go, first day of shooting, he just like jumps up there and he goes, I'm, you're supposed to jump here and then do this and these bolts are supposed to come out and they just, just do that. And he says he was in the costume and it was great. And then he said he got up there and then when he went to do that, his costume only allowed him to like, eh. he said, look eh. kind of like a T-Rex, yeah. you know, he's kind of like, and they're like, oh, hey, we'll do it again. He's like, okay, no, we'll switch. And he's like, eh. and he's like, this, he's like, no, we, we can't. And they're like, okay, that's good. We'll move on. And he's like. No, but my arms didn't. And he goes, and the FX guy goes, "Don't worry, we'll fix it in post. We'll we'll, we'll make you look co- we'll make you look good." Yeah. is what he said. And I was like, well, "But I look stupid. <laughs> I look like a T Rex." <laughs> <laughs> but he said, "But I mean, judging by the trailer, I mean, Mysterio looks fucking cool." Oh yeah, hundred percent. And uh, Jake Gyllenhaal is just cool to begin with. Oh yeah, I know. So so I know I'm still kind of like, "Wow, Jake Gyllenhaal is going to be in a Marvel movie? That's kind of yeah. cool." Last time he was supposed to be in a Spider Man movie, he was actually possibly one of those people that replace toby Maguire in spider-man 3 mm-hmm. because toby Maguire supposedly hurt his back during seabiscuit and almost backed out of spider-man 3 and jake gyllenhaal was one of the names on the list to replace him so yeah it could have been cool yeah although i'm kind of glad he didn't get stuck with spider-man 3 Ooh. that would have been just spider-man 3 was that's like george, to watch. that's like george clooney getting stuck with batman and robin yeah you know and now he's forever the dumb batman Although I did, I uh, I just like Val Kilmer more, but I thought Val Kilmer had more of the cowl look, like his jaw was a little more pointed yeah. and stuff like that. But as Bruce Wayne, it just seemed a little yeah. odd. Although Nicole weird. Kidman could get it in that movie, Nicole Kidman can get it at any time, <laughs> any day of her choosing. <laughs> That's right. Um, so during their upfronts, the CW announced their plans for the upcoming Crisis of Infinite Earths crossover event. It'll be a five-part story that will be aired over Arrow, The Flash, Supergirl, Legends of Tomorrow, and Batwoman. It'll start off in December during the winter break of those shows and conclude in early 2020, presumably before the season premiere of Legends of Tomorrow. We watched... What did we watch yesterday? I hadn't seen it. Oh, the Elseworlds? We watched the Elseworlds ones, 
And I was like, why am I not watching these shows? <laughs> like, yeah, there's a couple of parts that are campy and whatever. Right. But for the most part, the shows are great. I mean, yeah. the, the actors are great, everything. And Iris is so fucking <laughs> hot. We're watching the show, and like randomly I would go, but is Iris it's okay? okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's, it's, it is, yeah, I mean, it, it's that whole thing. And I kind of like how they got a little meta, like during those elsewhere. It's like yeah. when Oliver turned to, to Barry and he goes, you know, can you even, you know, without coming out with some soppy speech, you know, motivational speech and all of that. So they're very, they know exactly what their shows are and they're not afraid to point it out. But I, well, it's great because they're polar opposites. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. And we were talking about it where they draw their strength from different pools, you know, because uh, Arrow, it's more, um, or um, Oliver. Yeah. It's more um, from anger and vengeance, kind of like a Batman type thing. Right. And with fucking. The Wonder Friends over there and Flash. <laughs> Flash has always been a positive character. He's, right. he's never been this dark. He's always the one cracking jokes and um, I got to protect my friends. Like he has a family and stuff yeah. like that. Um, and he's dating Iris. So, I mean, why, <laughs> you know? I, yeah, he's got Iris. So he's got a good life, you know? <laughs> it's like <laughs> Seems like he's done with the whole life thing. He's, he's won that quest. <laughs> I know, and the fact that they're going to do it, I like the fact that they do it over winter break because it doesn't impede on the ongoing storyline. So it is kind of, in essence, its own little Elseworld. Right. Because before, the shows used to take place within their season. So it always had to lead up to that point, and it always kind of felt a little out of place mm-hmm. in the last one. So now they just do it during winter break. So their storyline is continuous, ends, then you have winter break, and then you have the, the crossovers. And then they come back to the regular series. So then it's like, okay, kind of like your little extra adventure, you know, your your post-Marvel credit sequence kind of stretched out. I think that's what I'm going to do now. I think because I've been looking for TV shows to watch, especially with all my shows. I don't watch that many TV shows, but they're all ending now. Yeah. You know, Discovery's over, over right now. So is um, Orville. Um, I think Doom Patrol's about to end. Yeah, one more episode left. You know, so in Flash, or not Flash, um... The Twilight Zone's cool. It's not one of my shows, but yeah. I enjoy it, you right. know. Um, so I think I'm just going to start watching these shows, like, but not. I'll watch a Flash, and then I'll watch a Supergirl, and mm. then I'll. But I've seen the first two seasons of Supergirl because my kids love that show. Oh right. Um, they're all on Netflix, and then with Arrow and the Flash just had their finales. So I think by the end of the month, the new the uh, the recent seasons of Flash and Arrow are going to be. Yeah. Up. And then the June real, is going to be Supergirl Legends. The real question is, when will they not be on Netflix and be on DC Universe? Because <laughs> I'm pretty sure that will happen eventually. Yeah. Um. When the, oh, no, the CW. Well, the CW is CBS and um, Warner Brothers. Yeah, so. So we'll have to see. All right. Well, in related news, the CW released a trailer for the pilot of the upcoming Batwoman series. Ruby Rose will don the cowl of Kate, of Kate Kane. And it won't be the one we saw in, Else, in the Elseworlds last year. The pilot goes back to the origins of the character and how she became the guardian of Gotham after Bruce Wayne left. The new series is set to debut this fall. Uh, looks pretty interesting. I like the fact that, you know, the fact that Bruce Wayne left kind of leaves it open to, like, if we possibly get a Bruce Wayne in there or something along that line. So we could even get Bruce Wayne without Batman. Yeah. Which would be an interesting little dynamic. Um, but... Uh, and it's it's funny too because like like with the CW they really kind of stick to like I like the fact that okay we went to Gotham and we're introducing Batwoman 
but we still have the Batman, which I love that whole Batman thing in, in Elseworlds where Barry's totally trolling Oliver. He's like, oh, I would never compare myself to someone as badass as Batman. And that little side look. And that look, little look he gives. I was like, dying. <laughs> where he gives like Oliver just that, that just like smile. He knows yeah. it's killing Oliver. Um, but then we see her, you know, kind of coming into that role. So that that looks a little cool. And I, and Ruby Rose I thought was great as Kate Kane. So I'm very looking forward to seeing yeah. the, the series the series come out. And Alice being the uh, villain on... Um, in the pilot, which I'm assuming is going to probably be a season long villain. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's, it's going to be, it's, I, I'm looking forward to it. It looks pretty cool. And that's kind of how they've been doing shows now is you have a season long story arc. Yeah. Which I think keeps people a little bit more invested, but I do miss the days of, Oh, I missed a couple, but I can just jump in. But I guess it doesn't matter because everything's all streaming now. Anyway, yeah. Everything's so. serialized. And, the, and plus you can get like on the CW app they you can get the last five episodes. CW is pretty lenient. Like yeah. they, they'll let you watch. They, Here's the show, asshole. Like go yeah, ahead right. and watch it. But the cool thing is, like with the CW app, like I've noticed for like the West Coast, the show airs at like let's say it airs at eight by ten thirty. Yeah. My time. It's already up on the on the on the CW seed because I think they do East Coast time, but mm-hmm. it's available West Coast. So that's always kind of cool. And and the the thing with like Arrow and the Flash is yeah you have season long story ops, but they do do a lot of diversions. The, the the main plot is kind of somewhere in the background, but they'll have a lot of diversionary oh, of episodes yeah. that you can kind of that can kind of get on. And then you come back to it. But they, something I wish um, Discovery did more. Yeah, like they did it every once in a while, but I wish they'd have a couple episodes that were just kind of off and yeah. doing their own thing. Well, it's like the short trek when they did with uh, Mud. Yeah, where it was which was kind of cool to see. Like, oh, we get back to Mud, and right. like you were inside a whale. That's it's hard to explain unless you were there. <laughs> 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 so yeah. So, one of the only popular games from Nintendo's now defunct Wii U, um, there were other popular games, <laughs> but the one that people remember the most right. is uh, Super Mario Maker 2, or, oh God, I'm fucking up, hold on, <laughs> one of the only popular games from Nintendo's now defunct Wii U, Super Mario Maker, uh, its sequel is coming in, Jan- in June, and we'll, we have some more details about it. In a Nintendo Direct, since this fucking thing sounds mechanical as fuck as I read it, <laughs> in a Nintendo Direct is bringing um, is bringing some big updates to the game. Chief among them, co-play, co-op play, so that you can build. Hold on, <laughs> let me just take a moment here <laughs> to focus myself. Okay, he's been sleeping on the couch for like. Two nights, yeah. so he's still a little off. So you're gonna get co-op play. So you can build design levels with other with another player on the same console, which is pretty cool. Yeah, that's gonna be on the same console. Nintendo's always been the one that's always said, "Hey, we assume you have friends in real life, right?" So you can. I think it's more than is brothers and sisters too. Like they yeah. they haven't just forgotten about children, <laughs> which is what the <laughs> other ones do. Um, you'll also be able to play through created levels online with up to four other pl- people. Uh, the game will also include a range of new themes, including desert, winter, and forest, a brand new nighttime option that changes how certain aspects work. Additional characters, including Red Yoshi and Angry Sun. I can't believe they're adding a fucking sun in that <laughs> game. Um, additional characters, including... Oh, I've already read that part. Um, on-off switches and custom scrolling for, for levels. A single-player story mode and brand new music from longtime series composer... 
Koji Kondo. So I'm definitely buying this for my Switch, 100%. (laughs) This game is amazing. Um, I did have it for the Wii U. My kids loved it. I loved it. We played the shit out of that game. Um, it the fucking Wii U pad kept dying though, which was <laughs> driving me crazy. Um, but yeah, it's a great game. If you and you, if you haven't played the first one, this seems to be the exact same game, just with more shit. Yeah, which is that's fine. It's yeah. not an issue. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's always good to play the same. You know, it's always good to do that. And I kind of like the fact that they're just adding more shit to it and giving more flexibility because it is a switch. Keep yeah. in mind. So it's like, yeah, you can do it in, in person or you can play online, you know, and stuff like that. So I like the fact that they're just adding more to it instead of, well, we've tweaked it to change this, that, and the other thing. It's like, no, we're giving you more of the same. Yeah, because there's nothing wrong shit. with the formula, you yeah. know. So Blizzard plans to launch World of Warcraft Classic mm-hmm. on August 26th in the Americas and the UK, August 27th in most other places. It'll be available to all regular WoW subscribers at no extra cost. And as expected, the game is a touched-up version of the original massively multiplayer game and its most refined form from the Drum of War update from August 2006. Uh, That means no world-altering expansions or other major game mechanics that have appeared since then. uh, While you lose some of the creature comforts of the up-to-date WoW, you'll also lose some of the complexity. Just be uh, just be ready to focus mostly on the monster slaying at first, since some of the player versus player elements will arrive on a gradual basis. Blizzard is heralding WoW's 15th birthday with an upcoming in-game event, including 25 player raid that represents a quote-unquote greatest hits of the title's bosses over the years. A lot of people are excited about this, but a lot of the newer players are not ready for this. Yeah. The game was simpler but more difficult right um and getting a especially just getting a group together if you don't have friends already in real life and you're trying to get a group of people you actually had to wait yeah like and gather people like nowadays and and wow you just hit the button and And you you'll get teleported to a fucking place um i am interested i am interested to see how it works out um I used to play the game back in this era. Oh yeah, so. yeah. That's, I, but I'm wondering how many people are going to bitch fest oh, this whole thing. One hundred percent. There's going to be a lot of people that are going to be happy about it, and right. those are going to be the old hats. Right. And 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 some some of the new ones too. I think I think people are looking for challenges. A lot of a lot of the reason why the MMO genre has gotten stagnant is because they've catered so much to the casual player. Right. That it's boring for hardcore players. They mm. they burn through it so fast. Um, this will be a more hardcore experience. It's going to be much more difficult to get through. Leveling was a lot slower. Yeah. Um, like now, I mean, you can fucking level top level in a couple of days. Like it's really not that big of a deal. Um, but yeah, it should be interesting. And uh, my wife still wants to play this game every once in a while too. <laughs> so I'll, I should put her on classic so she can get real upset. Yeah. They're like, you want to play? Time to play with the big boys. That's right. <laughs> you want to get serious? We're going to get serious. <laughs> Then you'll hear somebody go, dude, you shouldn't let your wife play. She gets a little too intense. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be that tag. <laughs> um, Disney CEO Bob Iger. 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 Uh, it's like no- Igor or Igor. Right. <laughs> Noted that after Star Wars, the rise of Skywalker would result in a hiatus to reset the property. It quickly an- it quickly announced that the next trilogy set for 2022 would come from Game of Thrones producer David Benioff 
and DB Wise. It would alternate holiday releases with the multiple sequels to Avatar for the foreseeable future. In a related story, Game of Thrones fans are launching a petition to have an eighth season redo since the week after people's favorite episode, people are not not having with the second to final episode of the series. What? Yeah, it's... Well, this was written at 2 in the morning. Um, yeah, people are... After the episode that came out, like, two episodes ago, it was, like, the huge battle. It was like, oh, my God, everybody was so intense. Yeah. The week after that, everybody was like, what the fuck did we just see? Like, this is bullshit. Oh, really? They yeah, didn't like it? they didn't like it, so now they're petitioning for an eighth season redo. Oh, whatever. Because, you know... Um, did the show end? Not yet. It's, I think, this week? This week is the oh. final episode? Again, it shows how entitled fans feel, and if they think it's so easy, do one on your own. I agree with that. Um, if you didn't like the episode, you didn't like the episode. Like, yeah. People are so fucking... And they'll be like, oh, well, I invested a lot of time. Okay. You sat yeah. and watched TV. You're going to watch TV anyway. Right, exactly. You know, so it didn't really matter. Um, and how... I bet you those fans are the hardcore fans that have enjoyed all seven seasons... And now that it was, they didn't like an episode, they hate the whole fucking thing now. Right, yeah. Like, whatever. I don't, no one listens to those assholes. <laughs> the Game of Thrones people are not redoing a fucking episode. Right. I guarantee it. It's like, yeah, HBO is going to go ahead and say, okay, we'll redo it. And it's like, oh, fuck you, shut up. They're already saving their money anyway because when Game of Thrones ends, I mean, yeah. ain't much to do. Yeah, there ain't, yeah. ain't going to be much <laughs> on HBO. Uh, a week after the second season of Cobra Kai hit YouTube Premium, YouTube announced the third season is coming in 2020. However, the business model is going to change. Starting this fall, all YouTube originals will be offered free for everyone, but will be ad-supported. Both seasons of Cobra Kai will be released uh, with ad-supported for everyone to watch in hopes of raising their numbers. Um, this makes sense. Yeah. Uh, to be honest. Or uh, they can't, they're canceling Premium anyway. Yeah, well, that, that that was already kind of rumored that they were going to do that. But the thing was is that uh, when I was reading this report, I think it was Bloomberg that, that did it. They were they had two business models. They had the premium, um, the premium, and then they did ad supported. And like Cobra Kai had twenty four million views in the first eight days. Yeah, and they had a Kevin Hart series. Uh, uh, what was it? fit with this or something yeah, like that there's there's a couple of fitness yeah things that he shows. does and he did at supported right and he had like two 200 and some million yeah views of course and um so they're like oh gee hey maybe we should we'll do this and so they're trying to get they it works out great for them they get more views plus they get ad revenue from uh whoever you know whoever ads support the the episode right so this fall, all of the premiums are going to go, all of those premiums are going to be ad-supported. Cobra Kai's first season is going to be released all, all at once. After that, the second season is going to be doled out week, weekly. Um, so now I don't know if that means the next season when it comes out is going to do the same thing in 2020, but I can't wait for the third season of Cobra Kai because yeah. I really like the second season. Really interested to see how this whole thing turns out. But yeah, I mean, it, it makes sense and and... Um, Voodoo is doing that too. They're going to start doing some original content, but ad supported. But they've always done ad supported when they do free shit. I think ad supported is the best way to go. Yeah. To be honest, it's so funny how the market has changed. Because when we started doing this, everybody's like, you know, well, if I'm paying for content, I shouldn't have to suffer through commercials. And I agree. Yeah. If you're paying for like Hulu or even CBS All Access, we can make six bucks and you get limited ads. 
or you pay 10 bucks and just get no ads. Just offer 10 bucks and no ads. It's like, give me a break. You know, yeah. you don't have to deal with that. Um, and then Hulu's, oh, limited, you know, limited commercial. Even if you're paying 12 bucks, it's like, no, if you're paying, you shouldn't have to pay for see ads. However, if you're going to do it for free, more people will watch and just like, nah, I can put up with the commercials. Yeah, because they're not paying for it. Yeah, it's what, like, when you, if you're watching it, like, on CW or something like that, you know, they have ads in there. Yeah, they're repetitive sometimes, but. Like, for me, like, if you compare um, YouTube Premium with DC, the DC Universe, I don't want to pay for YouTube Premium because YouTube Premium has one show I want to watch. Right. And that's really it. DC Universe, on the other hand, I don't mind paying for because it has the show, it has the comics, it has all the movies. It, there's, there's, there's a whole there's thing. There's more reasons for it, yeah. Right. Um, I think YouTube kind of shot themselves in the foot with that because they really had shit. They leaned more on YouTube personalities and their shit was already free. You just put it behind a paywall. It's like, well, wait a minute. It was all free already. Right. You know, so they didn't really do it the same way everybody else did. It's not original content. You just took the same old shit. Right. And it's most of the people that the little kids watched. Like, no one... No, no one's going to pay Jake for that. Yeah. No one's going to pay for that shit. That's the problem is most people are like, oh, yeah, I watch it all the time. And as soon as you have to pay for it, you're like, well, is it worth watching? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And you start justifying it or justifying canceling. Yeah. Well, it's like Logan Paul after Alabama. Or Logan Paul. Yeah, I call Log- him Jake Paul. Well, yeah, there's Jake and Logan. Oh, whatever. But, uh, but Logan Paul, when the Alabama passed that abortion ban, he took a still and, and his video was just him drawing dicks on all the guys' heads that voted for that ban. <laughs> I was like, eh, okay, yeah. you know, but that All would right. be free, but I wouldn't pay for that. No, <laughs> it's not exactly a Shakespearean level <laughs> entertainment, you right. know? Um, I mean, it is what it is. It is what it is. They're figuring it out. Right. You know, um, in the biggest team up since Avengers Endgame, Microsoft and Sony have announced a partnership that will work together to build future cloud solutions in Microsoft Azure that will support gaming and content streaming. Sony will also use Microsoft's data centers uh, for its existing game and streaming platforms. Can't, can't help but think that this is somewhat something to do with Google Stadia, and of course it does. Yeah. Um, Sony wants to reinforce their streaming because really Stadia is doing, on the surface, right. Google's doing the same thing Sony's already doing. Right. But technologically-wise, they're not. Yeah. So Sony has to kind of beef it up because their streaming service kind of sucks basically from what people say like it's okay yeah if you have like awesome fucking internet right you know but um i don't know we'll have to plus see. the fact that it's only playstation 3 games you know yeah. or or even now i think it's just playstation 4 i think they had some playstation 3 but mostly it's ps4 games yeah it's sony always does that they fucking limit their own shit yeah like it's like just don't do that and then you have and microsoft and the thing is is you think about it yeah, they should team up with Microsoft, but Microsoft has a little better th- option going because they do have streaming services, like Game Pass. Yeah. But they have, and then they also have uh, backwards compatibility with a lot of those games, you know, first generation, you know, Xbox, Xbox 360, and now uh, the Xbox One. So they have a little more, I would say, better success yeah. than, than, than uh, uh, Sony. But also, if you look at Azure, um, Azure their revenue, their that is the part of Microsoft that keeps making so much money, right? You know, so it's like, yeah, their clouds are in. So, okay, well, Sony's kind of finally getting their head out of their ass and finally realizing, you know, if we really want to do this, we're going to have to team up with somebody and stop making it so proprietary. 
because you kind of realize how limited they are if they're going to Microsoft and saying, yeah, let's use your Azure and let's see if we can get that set up for this because we don't want to lose to Google. Right. And I think it's what everyone's nervous about because everyone is losing to Google yeah. in other in other um, areas. So we'll see. Yeah. All right. So moving on into our watch list. Uh, yeah, we know this aired a couple of weeks ago, but we said we were going to talk about it um, when we came back. Was Orville's season finale, episode 14, The Road Not Taken. It was the second part to the uh, episode that we last talked about where it was the ramifications of Kelly's decision to not go on a second date with Ed. And in essence, the world was destroyed because she didn't give him a second date. Right. <laughs> the universe, actually, I take it back. The, uni- the galaxy was destroyed because she didn't give him a second date. Well, I mean, it's a little more complicated than that, but essentially, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so in case you weren't familiar with the plot, at the end of the episode before Kelly told Ed that she didn't want, she didn't think it was going to work out. And then the next episode, uh, and then this episode was the ramifications of that. And it ba- essentially, uh, because Ed and the crew that he had on the Orville weren't in place, um, the, oh, I always forget the race of Isaac. Um, the, Kalon. The Kalon decimated the Union and uh, basically took over that area of the galaxy and basically in control. They destroyed Earth uh, and then kind of like anal fucked the moon. Like that was pretty. Yeah, that, like was, that was disrespectful. Right. Yeah. And I was like, did we need to do that? Did we? Um, and so Ed and <laughs> Ed and um, uh, oh, my God, I always forget his name. I don't know why. But uh, uh, Gordon. Yeah. Are oddly enough t- paired up together. Well, they were friends in. Um, yeah, yeah. Beforehand. Yeah. And so they were paired up and running around in a stolen Union shuttle just trying to survive and stay low key. Steal a fucking microwave. Yeah. Uh, but they get caught up by Kelly, who is reassembling the Orville crew because she realized what had happened and saw that it goes back to that two part episode where the Kalon tr- um, tried to attack the Union and the Union fend them off. But because Mercer wasn't in charge of the Orville and that crew wasn't all together. They lost that battle. Yeah, because Mercer had, if if we remember correctly, Mercer had an off the wall fucking idea. Yeah. On and it, to no one else fleet. would have came up with it. Basically. Right. The normal, the fleet, the warning, the fleet. Right. Beforehand, and because he wasn't there, everything it was turned into a total shit show. So, she decides that okay, well they're going to get everybody together, send um send uh. Uh, Claire back in time to make sure the memory white sticks this time and try to restore time, uh, try to restore the timeline. Although it violates uh, Avengers Endgame and Star Trek 2009. But in any case, you know, <laughs> just create, you just created another alternate We're reality. We're doing the very sep- the very simple time travel right. theory. And uh, so what, what, what did you think about it? I really liked it. Um, I thought it was a great story arc for the second season of a sci-fi show. Mm. If you really think about it, because sci-fi sci-fi usually need needs a few seasons to really get ahead, right? Especially anything that's kind of Star Trek. Um, I don't know why, but <laughs> I really enjoyed it. I thought the I thought the writing was good. I thought the dialogue was good. I thought everything was was good. The special effects were fucking amazing. Yeah. Um, 
I like this villain. I think it's a good villain. It can be used in, in inventive ways. And also the cool thing is, is because they're machines, they can be used as just kind of background noise to a bigger story. Mm. And it's justifiable. Like even in the first scene for this episode, yeah, they're the Kalons were there and they were a problem, but it was just a random enemy. Right. You know, they can be used in, in different ways. But um, I thought it was inventive, definitely, how, like, um, the engineer, I always forget his name, too, uh, found Isaac's, oh. like, consciousness, basically, and pulled information from him and then pulled. I, it was good. Like, this show's been really good with how slick they get the stories done. And um, and it's not that season to be doing stuff like that. Like, we see that in Discovery. Discovery's been twists and turns but that's star trek star trek's been around for a while right you know and um i w- the only thing that the only negative i have not really negative a hope for this show the orville is to have more um of the universe fleshed out because i like that yeah like, i like that i can go to memory alpha and just spend an hour <laughs> digging on shit um i want to see that with this show too because i feel like it would be interesting to see like the history and all that stuff right. like that but the show's been great i've had no complaints um, I think one we need to see Kelly Moore with her hair down. Yeah, yeah, and and the 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 or just Kelly Moore. Yeah, <laughs> and in kind of that particular outfit she was in was kind of like, oh, we're kind of showing off a little. And bit. the the original um security chief. <laughs> yeah, her little, she was back. Her little cameo. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I thought it was I thought it was a good way to end the season. I like the fact that Orville hasn't been doing cliffhangers right at the end of either season because. I'm pretty sure Seth MacFarlane realizes, you know, there's a, there's a distinct possibility we mean, we might not get picked up. So if we do a complete story, you can still enjoy the season and not feel like, oh, you know, we never got Firefly, the second, you know, the yeah. left on a cliffhanger. Uh, so for me, uh, I liked the episode. I thought it was a really cool way to kind of show an alternate timeline. Not to mention when you're showing an alternate timeline, you get to blow up the main ship. That's right. You know, like you, like, you know, like we've seen so many times before in in other sci-fi, not even just Star Trek, but other sci-fi when they get caught up in a temporal loop or something like that or an alternate timeline, it blows up and then they go back and then try to stop. Because it's so dramatic. Yeah. Because the ship is just as it's much a, a character, it's a, yeah, right? It's a character of the show. So then when the ki- it blows up, you're like, oh, they blew up the not Enterprise. The ship. Yeah. You know, um, by the way, if you ever want to see a great Trek episode, Cause and Effect yes. in, in Next Generation is a great one. It's a temporal loop, great episode. Uh, but it makes me want to watch that one again. Uh, but, you know... A, Maybe we'll watch it after this fucking recording. Yeah, knows, yeah. <laughs> it's on Netflix. We got it. That's right. Uh, one of the things, though, that I was noticing, and you and I talked about this earlier, um, was reading online and people talking about, like, oh, my God, this is, like the most epic and like this is great sci-fi writing this the finale and i was like these must be people who have never really watched sci-fi before because this is kind of a trope like yeah we've seen this before in a lot of sci-fi shows so for me it was kind of like oh cool they did that it's kind of like when we when during the season we go oh gordon fell in love with the uh with the hologram so that's oh that's when jordy fell in love with uh with the creator of yeah. the builder of the enterprise and all those other stories that had that or barkley or you know whatever what have you but it just was like going oh my god you know this is this was this is great sci-fi and i was kind of like yeah it was really it was really good like really well written and the pacing was good and all that i go but i we've seen this before 
So for me, and then, you know, you kind of brought up the whole, well, generational things that most of the people that are watching it now, it's been a long time since TNG. Yeah. And, and all of that. So, you know. Stories are always retold. I mean, the majority, like, if we look at um, movies before everything was a superhero, <laughs> a, a lot of them were just Shakespeare stories told over and over again. You're right. You know, it, it's the same, it's the same structure. And that's fine. You know, because you keep getting new people that, are, that haven't been told the same story 800 right. times, you know, so um, I'm cool with it as long as they, as long as there's a bit of a spin on it, yeah. something different to give it kind of that a fingerprint of that show, then it's it doesn't bother me that much. And I don't I never mind where I'm like, oh, I know what's going to happen. Oh, yeah. Like that doesn't bother me. As long as it's fun, to watch. no, it doesn't doesn't bother me either. It's just that it the bothers end. you, Steve. I was <laughs> no, but like at the end of the episode, like, oh, this was it hits me later. Going, oh yeah, that was yeah, you know, that was this. And sometimes I'll do that to you. I was like, oh, this is, reminds me of when Jordan did this, or you were like, oh, it's like when Data did this. It mm-hmm. was like, yeah, we have that that memory to fall back on and be like, oh, it's kind of like that. But they do a little bit of a spin. Not everyone is as professional as us. As oh well. no, absolutely. You yeah. know, so. With the great knowledge, um, the great knowage that we have. From That's right. The wicked, great useless fucking knowledge. Exactly. <laughs> that occupies so much space that gets rid of all the stuff that we should have. Right. Algebra, <laughs> fuck that. I know all about Star Trek. <laughs> can I tell you about the Stamp Act of 1775? No, but I can tell you about the war at Wolf 359. That's right. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, you know, now that we know it's, a, you know, for season three i was curious to where they go but i did like the fact that the way this show and en- the episode ended as well is the fact that we didn't jump ahead again it all stayed in the past right you know just her her sa- telling ed yeah do a sec another date and then that's it it like fades credits so it's kind of like okay cool we didn't get like you know a reminder of like okay here's the ship and everything now like you needed that reminder it's like no it was kind of a cool personal store but on a global scale yeah so it was kind of kind of cool with that. All right. So uh, next is going to be we're going to talk about two episodes. There are fifteen episodes in this year. I, it, originally, it was weird because like when I saw the thing, it only showed thirteen, and now I saw like now there's fifteen. I was like, the fuck are we just adding shit now? Like, <laughs> fuck it. You know, it's like hey, we got these and put it together. So we're going to do two episodes now, and then when we come back in June, we're going to end Doom Patrol with the last three. Yeah. So these two episodes. Episode 11 is Francis Patrol, and episode 12 will be Cyborg Patrol. And it's kind of cool because these were both kind of finally fleshing out the two characters we really hadn't delved into too mm-hmm. much. And then we're, and usually when you get into the next one, it's going to be the, the th- last three episodes, which is going to be one kind of story arc. Um, is what I figure. It's usually how it works in most yeah. of these. And you've seen the end, so you kind of was like, oh, well, this is a good spot to kind of cut it to. Yeah, it is. Um, so, of course, Francis Patrol dealt with uh dealt kind of with francis's it was a cool episode because we kind of he's been a character that's kind of fleshed out like we know his hang-ups but now we're kind of coming to the point of where he needs to accept and move on right uh he needs to get the fuck over it right it's it's been it's been 60 years dude it's time to move on (laughs) uh but we we find in this episode is He's been liking the when the negative energy leaves his body, he's been putting him in a dream state where he's remembering or he's dreaming of these areas where he's with um, he's with his his lover, somebody who he truly loved. And the motel, 
where they hung out and, you know, got to be themselves. And then uh, a bar where they kind of got into an argument and because Francis wanted to be alone, but his partner was like, let's just relax. And it's kind of what he wanted him to do was just relax and be who he is. Yeah. Not necessarily still kind of wanting to be alone means still hiding. And one of the things that's early on that struck me was when he said, I'm going to spend my last days waiting for you. And I was like, whoa, wait, what? And he's like, and then he kind of was like, wait, what are you talking about? And then you find out that the negative energy was bringing them both together in a dream state. Yeah. Because, the current, the current, um, the older, ver- like the real version of yeah. his lover or whatever. Right. The, the, the more, the age appropriate, I guess. Right. Would be. <laughs> um, and then later we find out that, uh, he's dying and Francis finally goes to see him and they kind of clear the air. And it was kind of cool because he's, because you find out that then that's when you find out that they've been sharing the same dreams because he said about the motel. And then he said, I'm sorry about what I said last time. So you're kind of like, Oh, they were psychically connected. And you know, it was, it was interesting because Francis finally gave himself closure and realized, you know, accept who you are. Things are different now. Times have changed. So he, you don't have to hide. Yeah. You don't need to hide anymore. You know, there's, you know, his wife is, we find out his wife is dead and his two kids, he's never really dealt with. Yeah. So it was very, very interesting to, to kind of, um, to kind of get that kind of closure for him. So I thought that was kind of cool that we got to kind of see that. And then we also had a robot man trying to reconnect with his, his, uh, daughter. Yeah. That was sad too. Uh, yeah. Like both of them were good because it 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 kind of set both of them up to kind of get closure cuz they're the only ones that had lingering past. Right. And because what happened <laughs> Well Rita too, but we've been dealing with Rita's shit. Yeah. And hers is a more individual problems. Yeah, and her pro- and the thing is is we kind of saw in this one where she kind of well she get, she used a real name yeah, because he was like, "What the hell is this?" She's like, "That's who I was before Gertrude." Yeah, before I was Rita Fav, you know, and the Mid Atlantic accent. Yeah, and I was like, "Oh yeah," I was, when you said that, I was like, "Oh yeah, that's right." Because she, she has kind of using that proper, that like blend of, and it was like, "Oh yeah, that's the Mid Atlantic accent, mm-hmm. um, the bullshit accent." <laughs> and uh, it, it was interesting because this is where we kind of saw her a little more comfortable in her skin. Like, she wasn't fearful when she was out there at the bar and right. talking to that guy. She wasn't like, you know, you know, share a bucket of chicken or a basket of chicken, I think. Yeah. And it was like, oh, absolutely. And she seemed more comfortable in her own skin being out there. So that was kind of cool. But then seeing uh, um, Cliff just kind of awkward as shit. Well, I mean, he's robot man out there. And they're like, you know him? And they're like, what's his? Oh, I, I made a costume for him. Because basically what happens is is that his old racing buddy was killed trying to get a gator. And so, and... Some only in Florida kind of Yeah, something that only, yeah, you would only see in Florida. And so his, Cliff's daughter is now, I guess, essentially an orphan. Yeah. But she's an adult. She's an adult, but so they're having a service at the bar that she works at for, for him and stuff like that. And... Cliffs tr- wants to talk to her and he sees her, but he's like not sure how to handle it. But it's not until that speech she gives. Cause I noticed partway through the speech, suddenly he was gone. 
Yeah. You know, and she talks about how, yeah, he was a father to her because she took in somebody and asked for nothing in return and, you know, raised him as, raised her as his daughter and, and all of that stuff. And so there was a watch that Cliff had left for her. And at her 18th birthday, he adopted her and she gave him the watch with an inscription of, to my dad, the hero or my hero or something like that. Right. And then she, uh, and he got eaten by this gator. And of course the watch is inside the, the gator. So Cliff decides to at least get her the watch back. Yeah. And goes into the, into the uh, swamp to find the gator. And of course, <laughs> of course Rita goes with him and makes sure he knows that she hates being there. Yeah. <laughs> A lot of heavy sighing. Let's go. Um, But he eventually gets the watch and then goes back to see her and she's by herself and she's like, oh, you know, I'll help you in a moment. Put something back and he kind of stares like he doesn't know what to do. And then she comes back. He's gone. But the watch is on the table. Yeah. So it's kind of where, where that one ends. At the same time, Cyborg is freaking the fuck out. Then this moves into uh, Cyborg Patrol, right. where Cyborg is starting to freak the fuck out. And he's been, uh, he's been abducted by the Department of Normalcy. So he's at the ant farm. And he's freaking out because he's finding out that his operating system... Now, at this point, we don't know whether it's actually was happening or if that was all Mr. Nobody's doing of making him paranoid. Yeah. And... Um, and uh, Going against, you know, going against his OS. And so he takes his OS out because he, what is it? he, he he's becoming more cyber, um, uh, uh, robotic. Was it 64%? I think yeah. increasing. And the nanites are supposed to create more or, or going um, and turning them into a total cyborg. And so he gets captured by the Department of Normalcy. And they're going to try to dissect him and use his proprietary information so they can utilize it themselves and not need Star Labs. Because the head of uh, Department of Normalcy says, well, we rely too much on on Star Labs, so if we do this, then we don't have to. So after um, Cyborg's father ends up searching for him and comes to the mansion and, and, um, you know, everybody at this point knows that Department of Normalcy has kidnapped him. But when Cyborg's dad shows up, nobody trusts him because of what he was trying to, you know, plant some backward information into Cyborg. Right. So now you have this whole situation where do they trust him? Do they not trust him? And then it's funny, too, because, like, Larry is the only guy who just kind of says, fuck this bullshit. He was kidnapped by, you know, Department of Normalcy. And so I get it. Cliff is all like. Um, remember the whole snitches get stitches thing? Yeah. <laughs> Nobody trusts them except for Larry just goes, Hey, you know, he's been kidnapped by the Department of Normalcy. And so they decide to make the plan to to get him out of there. So they go and into the ant farm and uh try to uh try to extract them. And it was cool because like you kind of see where they end up going into an ambush and they get captured 
And but then, they knew they were going to But they knew they were going to get captured. And, but partway through everything where he's like, up until he says to Cyborg, trust me, in the, you know, it seems wrong now, but in the end, it's going to be okay. And then you start, then it cuts back to revealing, so we're going in to get captured. Yeah. You know, so it was like, yeah, it's pretty much the only way you're going to get inside is if you allow yourself to get captured. And the only one that was that wasn't with them was Rita, who was <laughs> buried inside uh, inside Cliff. <laughs> yeah, like, like she comes, she's like, "Oh, so disgusting!" Hey, that was the rat. <laughs> yeah, she wasn't very happy about where she was, <laughs> but she seems more in control of her powers too because she came out. Yeah, in the that. And she's like, form. "Don't look," and comes like, "Like, do you moisturize or something?" <laughs> yeah, like, she's like, "Oh ah. yeah, no, hey, you don't moisturize much, do you?" Stop it. <laughs> um. So they they're not only trying to break out uh, Cyborg, but at the same time they're actually taking down the ant farm and bringing the end to the Department of Normalcy. That one general fucking blows his own head off, where he was just like, "Gentlemen, it's been an honor." The yeah, we're like, "Holy shit!" It got real serious. <laughs> um, but we kind of we learn in this episode that all the paranoia that uh, Cyborg was going through was. Mr. Nobody. Yeah. Who basically makes an appearance and says, I told you not to come after me. And you're like a stupid superhero. You had to get the bad guy and goes into this whole thing. And, and he ends up, I guess, killing his dad. We don't know yet. Like, yeah. He basically punched his dad a lot. Yeah. And he's he's out cold, but they don't know. It seems like he's in a coma mm. for now, but I, who knows? Yeah. So it, it's and then, you know, and then. It's interesting too because Miss, it actually proves to be kind of a nice little twist because Mister Nobody is fucked with every one of them, but what it's done for the Doom Patrol has been actually to make them stronger. Right. Because even Cliff, after Cliff realized, because Cliff has always been on the whole thing of, well, he was fucking your wife, fucking my wife, and stuff like that, and it's like, dude, you were fucking around on her the whole time. Right. But then in the end, he realized because during his daughter's speech, it's like he took in somebody who he had no reason to take in and, you know, became my dad, you know, and then he just kind of realized, oh, shit, I'm kind of being an asshole, gets to the gets to the watch. And now he's like, OK, his mind's cleared up. Larry made peace with his past and now he's more confident. And then, you know, Rita's confident and then Jane is as stable as she can be. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and that was the whole point, was it? They said that earlier that we need to get we need to get over our shit so he can't use it against us. Right. And I, I think the most the most susceptible to that was Cyborg because he already thought he was better than everybody else. Yeah. You know, so um the the whole, Jane in this episode had me fucking rolling. <laughs> oh man, when the when the one guy is over there, like going to torture her and dancing to Ace of Base, yeah, and then all of a sudden she turns into Karen, and then just like I was, because I'm thinking like, how's she gonna get out of that? And then all of a sudden Karen comes out, and she's like, oh my god, really? And then, then she hypnotizes them, and then they're walking out hand yeah. in hand. What's your favorite book? At the same time, yeah, something among the stars. Fault of my fault, fault of my stars. Yeah, something some bullshit like that. And then she turns back around to Jane and just like, miss me, motherfucker. Bam! <laughs> <laughs> that shit was so funny. And then I thought she was going to turn into the uh, psychiatrist chick. Oh, yeah. That's what I thought was going to happen. But but it makes sense that she turns into somebody she can hypnotize. Yeah. <laughs> and then when Rita sees it, she's like, oh, my God. 
<laughs> well, what, the psychiatrist trick didn't hypnotize, but she could talk people into shit. She could talk it? people into shit, but, but it, it took a while. It yeah, it took yeah. a while, but Karen was the quickest. Yeah. You know, just make eye contact and then that little bing. But I love how she turns into Karen and she has that blonde hair and mm -hmm. she looks total like, you know, rom com y. <laughs> <laughs> one of the best one of the best lines when she calls the dude discount Dexter. Because <laughs> he was trying that. to be so fucking hard and shit. Yeah, okay, discount Dexter. <laughs> you notice too when he, he was he's doing that dancing around and he went to go lick the, the blade. He his tongue doesn't touch the blade. Yeah. Like he's just bullshitting. <laughs> she's trying to make scare. I like when she just where he's going through the whole speech, she's like, Oh, what? I'm sorry. Did you say something? Yeah. Discount Dexter? <laughs> like she's asleep the whole time. <laughs> Uh, so, so yeah, so that should get us to 13, 14, and 15. By the time we, when we get back in June, that'll give us a, a time to do the last remaining episode. Right, and then and, when all these shows start up again, we'll do them on time. Right. So we're actually talking about them when they happen. Yeah, but, you know, Adam had to move, so, you know, whatever. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> not like you planned it, and not like you wanted to, but, you know. Uh, all right. So on that note, we'll just head into some headlines. So Variety is reporting that actor Robert Pattinson is in negotiations to play Bruce Wayne, a.k.a. Batman, in the upcoming Matt Reeves film, The Batman. The film is expected to drop on June 25th, 2021, so we need to get the Dark Knight cast. While it isn't a done deal yet, that hasn't stopped the internet from saying no. Uh, it reminds me of the backlash of, oh, I don't know, Michael Keaton, Christian Bale, Ben Affleck, or anyone who has ever been cast as the character. Right. So, I don't know. I mean, the internet's already up in arms about it. I'm like, what? shut up. It's because they remember Twilight. And honestly, Twilight... They remember from a 20-year-old movie. Twilight was a long time ago. Yeah. yeah I'm not going to judge the guy <laughs> because he was in a shitty movie. Yeah. First of all, let's... He's done a lot of shit since Twilight. Let's also be honest. Twilight was a financial success. Yeah. We don't like it. Um, a lot of people don't like it, but a lot Twilight of people did. Was the, Twilight was the only movie that brought Star Wars and Star Trek fans together. To hate To it. hate on it, yes. Um, but <laughs> he has been in other things. He's yeah. been very successful. Uh, he's not a bad actor. No. You know, so we should calm down. Isn't he British, too? I think so. The Brits are taking all our fucking roles, dude. <laughs> you know, Trump is over there worrying about the Mexicans. Worry about the fucking Brits. The Empire's coming back. <laughs> the through, Empire strikes back, through bitch. Act, through acting. <laughs> suddenly we're gonna suddenly we're gonna have the you know, Trump's gonna come out and go, Whoa, we're gonna have to pay the royalty for all of these uh British actors that are coming here, so we're instituting the the, the stamp act of twenty twenty. Motherfucker. Having <laughs> <laughs> at the tea party and shit, you know. <laughs> Throwing British actors into the ocean off the in Boston. <laughs> but um I, I, I have high hopes. I always try to have high hopes. Yeah. I also I keep in mind that Matt Reeves did the last two Planet of the Apes movies. Matt Reeves is a good director. Also, I have high hopes because the last few DC movies were good. Yeah. You know, Wonder Woman, Aquaman. Shazam. Shazam. They were good movies. Shazam. Shazam. <laughs> so I'm hoping that trend carries on. However, Batman, by its very nature, cannot be happy-go-lucky. Right. So it's going to have to have a different tone to it. Um, but maybe that would be better, too, because DC knows how to do the dark and moody tone. They just yeah. got to get the story together. Yeah. You know, so. And they can't make it all, you know. I guess Zack Snyder-y? Zack Snyder no, I, and honestly, 
I, I mean, do, Nolan did it good. Nolan made it dark, he did. And I but do, he balanced it. I do like Zack Snyder, but I think with him not at the helm, we should have some pretty decent films. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. His vision just wasn't panning out. You know, so it is what it is. But moving on. <laughs> Weeks after the release of their season finale, um, Fox had, has announced a third season renewal for the sci-fi series, The Orville. One of the surprises is contrast to their season two pickup ratings on the series have dropped by a million, a million viewers over the previous first season. If the series doesn't show an increase in season three, it could be a three year mission. Yeah. I'm surprised it actually got renewed to be honest. Yeah. Cause like it had a strong season one, but yeah, it literally dropped by about half yeah. in season two. Now, it is to be fair, season two was very uneven. First, I can see why people would have dropped out by the first couple of seasons. You even you and I even talked about yeah, that. Yeah, season too. two was kind of all over the place. Yeah. In the beginning, it started very kind of as if it was the continuation of season one. Like season one didn't end. Yeah. It was just kind of one of those stories you would and I think we talked about it, it was like it kind of those episodes seemed like they should have been in the middle. Right. Um, they should have had some bigger story in the beginning to wheel people in then you go to the smaller ones come up to the big middle finale kind of lower and then Mm -hmm. come up to the big finale so i think with that i understand they did character building and stuff like that but you kind of needed to wow people into all right cool i'm back in for the season yeah you know but when it's kind of like a little like oh those not to say they were bad stories they weren't it just didn't feel like a oh season premiere felt like a regular episode yeah and it kind of felt like it should have had something more um and that sets the tone right you know so then the first couple of episodes where you don't hit a high note until mid-season you know that's about seven or eight episodes in you probably lost a lot the crowd is fickle yeah so but if you're only hitting your your high point by mid-season you've already lost a bunch of people yeah because most people like oh it seems kind of boring now just look at game of thrones yeah. One episode. Right. And one they're, episode. They're ready to burn goes, the fucking studio down. Exactly. One of the things I did think was different in this one, I didn't see as much humor as no. I saw in season one. I kind of missed that. That was one of the things I liked about that it. That was the fun part. Yeah. yeah. It was kind of the, yeah, we can have the storylines, but we also, I also felt like it was like, like I always felt season one would be like if you and I were doing like yeah. how we joke around with Trek and stuff like that. That's how it would be kind of us. And I understand you can do some of those. And they had some moments like that, but it seemed to have lost a lot of humor. And it kind of became more Trek. And I was kind of like, mm, okay, some people may like that. But then again, I don't hate Discovery <laughs> like, yeah. like other people do. So I kind of felt that Trek had a little more fun this season, in its second season, yeah. than, than Orville did. That's true, because Trek, as serious as the storyline was... There were some pretty good one-liners, some jokes, especially with Spock and, and Michael. And then Pike. Know, and then Pike and being Pike in there. as well. Yeah. There, there's plenty of fun stuff going on. I just feel like uh, Discovery's much faster paced, so yeah. it kind of moves along quickly. But um, yeah, the Orville got really serious there, and that's fine yeah. sometimes. But honestly, they probably lost a lot of their casual viewers because of that, because yeah. the humor was gone. Right. You know, So hopefully season three, they can pull it together. Um, which if any, if, if it's more like Trek, a lot of Treks take till Disney season. Doesn't Disney technically own Orville now? Yeah, I guess it would. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah. So if if anything, you know, if they pick it up and kind of mesh both season one and two together into three, we could get a season four. But if it kind of continues this, you know, it. 
out of the t- uh, it was one of the top five overall shows that was watched on Fox, but everything below seven was canceled. Yeah, this year, so so it was on the low end. Yeah, but and and but Seth MacFarlane yeah. isn't is is used to having shows canceled on right. Fox, aren't we all? Um, <laughs> I think the the biggest issue with it improving would be they kind of dug themselves into a hole, didn't they? Because now they have this ongoing threat. Yeah. So when Star Trek did this, there was an ongoing threat. It wasn't very funny. Like there was problems that they had to sort out, you know? So I don't know. We'll see. You know, I I still like the show. I like season two. I thought it was good, but it felt very Star Wars-y at the end. Yeah. You know? A little more kind of, yeah, kind of big, big ideas. Like wars. Yeah conflict constantly wars in the stars star wars <laughs> oh that's why they named it that oh shit <laughs> uh all right so our main topic this week is well it's been about four weeks since the release of avengers endgame and it's about time to talk to discuss the film with spoilers and possibilities about their future I mean, at this point, if you haven't seen Endgame, you don't give a fuck. <laughs> right. There's, like, for real. You have no inclination if to watch If you haven't it. seen Endgame twice, <laughs> like, come on. We've seen it, what, four times each of us, I think, now at this point? I think I've seen it three times. Include, well, you only caught part of it here, so. That's true. So yeah, I saw maybe. two, yeah, right, yeah. yeah. We, don't need to, we don't need to spell out all the places I've right. seen it, but I've seen it about <laughs> three times. Um. So, uh, it's like, in a lot of ways, it's really hard to kind of encapsulate Endgame. Yeah. Uh, because it's everything. And more. Right. It, no, it's <laughs> it's literally everything. Yeah. You know, it's it's Endgame is a movie. I don't want to sound like I'm sucking the movie's dick either, but. It's kind of hard not to. Yeah. Endgame is, there. there isn't a movie like Endgame. I feel because it really does pull from 10 years of films. Yeah. And it's kind of intense almost three hours. They said it was going to be three and a half hours, right? No, three hours, three hours. And everyone was like, wow, that's a lot. And then you watch, you go, I don't think that was enough time. Yeah. Like you, there was so much going on. You don't even notice. Yeah. You know that you've been sitting there for three hours. I, I think it was the, the first movie gladiator was three hours oh, yeah that felt like a hard three <laughs> hours um because it's a lot of talking yeah. you know, there's a lot of gladiator is a great movie too i don't want to i don't want anyone to think that i'm bad mouthing <laughs> gladiator um holy it, shit russell crowe's here he's about uh, to st- <laughs> <laughs> uh but it was from start to finish non-stop yeah. is it it something you were either it was either action or emotion or humor anything humor everything it was all there yeah and it was really done you have to applaud the russo brothers it was done perfectly and it's it's funny too because uh patrick has seen it twice and he said he felt the first he goes he asked me what i thought about it. i go well i loved it but i really like it took me two weeks to write my review because i had to see it a second time mm-hmm. uh, and um i know some people that wrote knee-jerk first impression reactions and i felt they were a little i was like I don't know. I really don't see it. And then I saw it the second time. So a lot of the shock and awe um, was gone by the second time, but I actually got to kind of see it and seeing the motions and the layers and stuff like that. And I thought a lot of knee jerk reactions were superficial. They didn't really 
like watch it. Right. And uh, because there is a lot of character development in this movie. Uh, some people, and this is the one thing that I hated, and Pat, Patrick and I kind of got into into it as far as how people misinterpreted this word. Like a lot of people say, there's a lot of nostalgia in this movie. And I go, no, that's not nostalgia. The Force Awakens was nostalgia. Yeah. The calling co- back to something that hasn't been in the public eye right for over a few decades that's nostalgia right. pulling from the emotional response of that cobra kai is nostalgia right. you know uh uh you know pulling from those i go when you're pulling references from other films in the past within your universe you know uh that that's like saying back to the future 2 pulls from back to the future one nostalgia right it's like no it doesn't it's pulling the storyline so seeing this and him having to go back and revisit themselves wasn't done simply out of quote unquote nostalgia. It was done as a, as Hey guys, like comic books. And this is some of those, some of those people that called it nostalgia was like, wait, you read comic books. How are you not seeing that? It's a giant comic book. Cause it's literally exactly how comic books are. Started. Yeah. They, they went back in time and they started touching on other films, which is what we've seen before. We've seen yep. it in comic books and the fact is, is that it's not nostalgia. It's pulling those storylines as saying, this is all a complete story. We've done this for 10 years, and this is what it's all culminating to. Right. So it's our way of saying, hey, if you watched all 10 years of our movies. Which we know you have. Which we, Yeah, exactly. We know you have. <laughs> thank you. This is for you. This isn't for the casual exactly. viewer. This isn't for the guy that Big. has never seen it before. Exactly. It's for you. And that's the point, right, yeah. is that this movie is is a love letter to the fans. Yes. It's it's a way of saying you've invested so much into this. This is the fucking payoff. Yeah. This is the money shot. Right. <laughs> you know, and it really is. Like I, Marvel really proved with this movie that they have 100% figured out how to translate comic books to film. Yeah. There, there is no if ands or ups uh, and I'm more of a DC fan. Yeah. But honestly, these movies have pulled me and, and Steve Steve can Steve knows this more than anybody. These movies have pulled me more into Marvel and be more interested in Marvel characters and stuff like that. It's not that they were, I thought they were shit when they were a kid. I just didn't read them. Right. You know, but it's, it's been, it's been amazing to see how these films have all come together and how it's just, and I know damn right well they didn't have this planned out since Iron Man. Right. But they really did make it look like they had it planned out <laughs> exactly. since Iron Man. And it, it's just been pretty fucking, it's been an amazing ride. And they really picked the perfect story arc, I feel, with the, the Infinity Gauntlet. Because it pulls from everything. Yeah. You know, and Endgame not only, Endgame not only summed it up for me perfectly, but it also has me super excited for what's going to come next. Yeah. You know, because now we've lost a few key characters. Yeah. So how far are we going to get away from the comic books now? Because right. you, you can't, they were cornerstone characters, right. you know, and, um, that's but we've a, lost them before in comics. We too. have. Yeah. yeah. And we can easily replace, well, we can't replace Iron Man, but, but his spot on the team right. with a different Iron Man or something like that. Right. And, and, this movie too just had emotions all over the place. Oh yeah. And it was um it was almost like I felt like they had scientists come in and just <laughs> how can you make people upset? Right. You know. It, <laughs> but um 
not to skip to the end of the movie, we're just kind of talking in general, yeah. but the, the Iron Man destiny was intense, man. Oh, yeah. it was intense. My son, I took it to the second time I saw it. My son has two favorite superheroes. They've always been Black Panther and Iron Man. He was so happy when Black Panther came out of that fucking portal. Yeah. He fucking stood up in Wakanda forever, fucking arms <laughs> crossed. He was so happy. And then when Iron Man died, he was not. <laughs> and he started bawling his fucking eyes out. And, and while I was comforting my son, I also realized, I'm like, this is, this is storytelling, right? This and is Optimi- Optimus Prime's death when I was a kid. Oh, fuck. Don't start. <laughs> it, a lot of people give superhero movies flack. Yeah. And they go, oh, it's, a, it's cheap form of entertainment, stuff like that. And I'm like, I don't think you're paying attention. Mm. I don't care if they're superheroes or not. The story behind it, the writing and all that is, is fucking intense. You know, are you telling me that because there's special effects and it's not based in realism 100% that it can't be a good story? Because Moby Dick was a little fucking weird. You're right. You know, or, or Pinocchio or right. just, you know, we can keep pulling. You know, and it's, it's I don't know, man. It, it, Everyone in that theater was 100% invested every time I went. And I honestly enjoyed the movie more the second time. Me too. I actually, I found that I... the first one, I was just like this dumb. Yeah, my eyes you're, just open, kind of, you're you know? kind of experiencing everything. But then when you go back the second time, you really kind of get to see... You got past that shock and awe. Right. And you got into, oh, wow, these themes that are coming across and all the character motivations and looking at the choices each of them make. And you're just kind of like, oh, that makes sense. Like Scarlet, like a Black Widow, you know. Yeah. making the choice because she had no family and to help her family, she had to help Clint's family. And because she had no one, she made the, the, the choice, you know? <laughs> and then, uh, and then you have, you know, the, um, uh, like people were shitting on, and this only happened for a little bit. Uh, the people were shitting on the fat Thor, um, concept because I go, it's a cheap joke and, you know, but ruining the not, character. Though. I go, but it, yeah, I know. That's what I said. I go, it's not, I go, if you've ever been depressed or felt like a major failure. You ever tried something and it didn't work. And it, and I think it 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 perfectly fit for Thor too because his Thor as a as a character is based on his ego. Yeah. And he's always like I could do anything. You know, not in a dick way, yeah. but just like that's how he pushes forward. And once he failed, he twice twice he couldn't. And yeah. it was amazing too in the movie you realize that everybody just felt they were the ones they were the reason everything went to shit. Yeah. Iron Man, um, the Hulk, Captain everybody, America. Captain America. It was their Scarlet fault. Scarlet Witch, you right? Know, how she? And I think uh, that's not Scarlet Witch. Uh, uh, Black Widow, right? And and the the shitty part is, is that because of that intense feeling of individual f- failure, they all separated as a team. Yeah, and you notice that when it's the five years later, no one's really together. Right. They're friends. Like they don't hate each other. Right. But they're not working together. Right. You know, and it's 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 that failure that kind of separated them. And then they had to come together to solve the problem again. And the rat was the real MVP. Yes. The rat, <laughs> that fucking rat. <laughs> but yeah. And, it, and you know, it's funny too, when you see Thor and then they do that back shot and he turns and you just see that gut and you're, you, you, I heard this both times I saw it. And I, the second time I saw it on a f- Tuesday morning and it was, f- the theater was full, almost like a Friday night viewing. Yeah of a movie that maybe, you know, was kind of popular, you know, so it was, there were still empty seats, but it was pretty full, but you're still here, this collective like, oh my God, you know, you see Thor, you know, seeing fat Thor and I, the memes that have come out are great. It's like, I worked 10 years to, now I look exactly (laughs) like Thor. Well, I feel, they filmed it great too, because when you first see it, 
it's only shooting Thor, right? right. You can only see Thor, and everyone's laughing. Like, like this motherfucker looks too. As soon as you catch the Hulk's face, mm-hmm. you can see the Hulk feels sorry for him yeah he's not laughing and then you kind of go oh this isn't funny yeah and then and then the hulk says thanos and he starts crying yeah and you're like this really isn't funny yeah this is this is is ptsd yeah like it gave you a little bit of a laugh and then you were like oh fuck then when he rejoins the team you kind of have that soft ribbing you know like iron man goes hey uh, moving Lebowski, but that's some friends. But that's you know yeah, what that's mean? what friends would do. But but he did look like Lebowski, like <laughs> he did. But then at the end, when he put that armor on, he wasn't oh, fucking around. Yeah, anymore. exactly. You know, and that that to me, seeing Thor put the armor on, I got just as excited as when um, Captain America picked up the hammer because oh, yeah. because Thor came back. He was like, "I'm not upset anymore. I'm gonna fucking finish yeah, this." I'm shit. gonna yeah. It's like good. Okay, we're doing this right this time. Yeah, and um. And I, I loved some of the juxt- – it's kind of cool, too, because you got to see how some of the characters changed over time, particularly Captain America. Yeah. Uh, when, you know, from – when we get go back to the Avengers 2012, and then, you know, it's like, I can do this all day. Yeah, I know. You know, it's kind of <laughs> like that, uh-huh, yeah, we got it, you know. Um, it, 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 was, it was cool seeing them kind of noticing the change and how these characters grew. And one of the characters that grew a lot was Nebula. Yeah, which I don't think got enough play. I don't. I don't. No, think and I love Nebula's yeah. character. And you know, Nebula turned from you know this wanting to please Thanos to, you know, I and the really turning point for her. And you saw it in the beginning of Endgame. It's like the turning point was Gamora dying. You know, Thanos killing Gamora. Yeah, and she knew Gamora was his favorite daughter, and him killing her for the stones. We saw the transformation when it was Tony and her on the ship when they're playing the little finger football mm-hmm. and then she's just like being defensive and then she wins and she's like, Oh my God, like she won. Like, Oh wow. Okay. You know, it's like, this is what it was to win. And then when Tony tries to, you know, give her something to eat and then she pushes it back to him. And then when he looks like he's ready to die and then she helps him into the chair and then puts the blanket on him. And she just, you, you see this moment of where she feels sorry for him. And yeah. She, it, it shows that she's not, a hundred percent a piece of shit it's just she's getting treated like that right and being convinced that she's a piece of shit so she plays the role yeah and you now know. and then she sees like tony you know like he called what do you call her the blue meanie yeah and he's like you you like her she has some compassion with a subtle sense of masochistic <laughs> <laughs> and she and she is terrifying yeah. like when when nebula is speaking it's kind of scary yeah because the just the way they kind of did her voice, and then also, you know, Nebula don't fucking play. Right. Like if somebody comes in trying to act funny, they might get their head cut off. Yeah, you know. So and it's it's great too because like you see Karen Gillan and you're just like, oh, yeah, like just beautiful and like you know, and the talk and the way she laughs and stuff like that. And then you see her as Nebula, and you're like, I'm actually kind of scared of her. Still turned on. Yeah, still turned on. But I'm <laughs> I'm scaredly turned on. Right. You know, it's like, uh, <laughs> but. Like with, um, but you see this great story arc from her, you know, of her coming into her, her own, yeah, and and you know, uh, standing up for the for the right side, and this and you bond, even got to bo- see a comparison of her old, yeah, old version too, and then even her bonding with Rhodey, yeah, because like Rhodey was like, I, you know, she's looks at her hand and you see it's all mechanical, and he was like, eh, I wasn't like this either, you know, like they both had half something, and he's like, 
you know, and you're kind of seeing this like a romance is brewing. Go to and roadie. You know? yeah, that's right. <laughs> but you you see this kind of like acceptance from them. Like she's never really felt accepted by anybody. Right. As much as Gamora tried to make she's her never feel been away. treated. Well, let me use the term human being loosely, but <laughs> she's never been treated like a person. Yeah. She's always been treated like a means to an end. Yeah. Like Thanos loved Gamora, but Nebula was more his project. Yeah. Like that's why he trying kept adding parts to yeah. her. Trying yeah. to make her perfect. Probably trying to make her more like Gamora yeah, in, his eyes, in his eyes. You know? yeah. And and so you see everybody else is kind of like, okay, you know, like they like and the one scene that actually made me tear up was when Captain Marvel brings Tony and, and Nebula back and you know, Pepper and, and and Captain America take Tony in, and then Nebula sits on the is sitting on the stairs and then Rocket comes over there and then he puts his hand in hers. Because he knows, you know, they both lost somebody. You kind of see them just holding hands mm-hmm. right there. You know, you're kind of like, you know, it's kind of like that, damn. You know, it's that, that little emotional hit there. Yeah. And then, of course, Tony later, you know what? For a minute, I thought you were a Build-A-Bear. <laughs> <laughs> and then he calls fucking uh, Ratchet Clank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think the cool, the, the funniest thing is for a moment I thought or you Ratchet, were a build called him Ratchet, yeah. For, for a moment I thought you were a Build-A-Bear. And then... <laughs> fucking rocket just goes you know maybe i am like he's like i don't even want i don't even know what the fuck you're talking about like you know um but you know it's and then the time travel that's their excuse their use for the time travel yeah and you know people like well you know like how does it how their time travel works and i'm like it was star trek 2009 it's actually pretty simple it's just it's it's not the theory of time travel that's used a lot yeah it's not the movie one that we've seen you know right you know and i love the fact that he's like where did you get that uh every movie that dealt with time travel star trek uh they start going star trek somewhere in time you know back to the future yeah they started you know they even named movies that just had time in the title <laughs> yeah. you know hot tub time machine hot tub time machine <laughs> die hard well no not really die hard <laughs> but like, then they had um the the theory of time travel or just time, the nature of time that was used in Endgame is the one that usually scientists lean on. Yeah. Because it makes more sense. And they even said it, I don't know where in the movie, but I think it was at that same part yeah, it's, 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 where it was, um, if you went back in time to do something, then you wouldn't have gone back in time to do it. Right. Because you would have already changed it. It doesn't make any sense. You can't yeah. do that. Because then your, your future, your past is now your future. Right. And the whole thing of... uh it just creates a parallel universe, which is what Star Trek 2009 did as their reboot, which right. was brilliant of basically telling the fans, hey, everything that you saw for the last 50 years is true. It happened. But now we have a parallel universe. Or and we can do timeline. all that shit over again our way. Yeah, exactly. Or we can make a new story. You right. know. Exactly. And that's that's how this one works, is that it creates parallel universes. So that's the one. And it was funny because I was watching, listening to an interview by the Russo brothers, and they were talking about, well, yeah, they go, if you listen to theorists enough, they go, in the end, everybody gets confused. <laughs> you know, he goes, it's like everybody doesn't know what's going on. You because go, it's quantum theory. Yeah. It makes no sense to the human mind. We're not there yet. Yeah. You know, it's a hundred percent theory. Yeah. <laughs> time heist. You know, yeah, time, <laughs> time heist. <laughs> and uh, you know, so you're, you know, so it's it's like that's why um, Nebula killing the younger self doesn't erase her. Like you would immediately go, oh, well, she killed her. She should have been two erased. Different because it's people. two two different people in two different timelines. And so yeah, no one's looking at a picture and watching their family fade away. 
<laughs> he goes back in time and basically wants to fuck his mom. Right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you know, so y- you have that. So it's like, to me, it's, and I guess because we've been into sci-fi for so long that we've seen all the variations of yeah. time travel, uh, including the time machine. Uh, we And this is the version of time travel I actually like. Yeah. You know, because it, it leads to more, we can do whatever the fuck we want because it's just, right. a, but then even then, because they were saying, oh, we just alternate timeline. But then um, Sorcerer Supreme, the one before Doctor Strange, mm-hmm. was like, well, you're going to fuck up my reality. Right, exactly. Trying to fix yours. Exactly, because now <laughs> you you're know. taking this and then it's like, right. okay. So well, now it brought that, we need to be responsible at this back. And you can even see that in Bruce Banner's face, like, oh, shit. You yeah. know, we, we have to kind of take a step and back. And then he it. just kind of looked and he goes, well, what if we did this? If we took it and then brought it back just the moment it was taken, your timeline still continues. So it was like he's figuring it out as yeah. it goes, which was great at this point because I think it for like some people have a uh, problem with Professor Hulk. In this particular instance, you needed him. Yeah, I he is my least favorite Hulk because it essentially kills off the Hulk. Right, you just have Banner in a, in a better body. Right, but Hulk, yeah, <laughs> the Hulk wouldn't have been very useful in this right it was too complicated yeah you couldn't send the hulk back in time to do that he would ruin everything right you know so it 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 made sense story-wise to switch to professor hulk yeah i love and that whole like when they first arrive in 2012 and then you see hulk just like hulking out in that body of that yeah. one alien he smashed it with the car jumping on it, and you see banner like uh like hiding they're like like I think you need to smash. I mean, I find it redundant, but yeah, whatever. yeah, exactly. He tears his shirt and he's just like, oh, "Hulk smash!" Uh, <laughs> but it was cool too. They also addressed like, well, what about the Sorcerer Supreme? If they were there, why why didn't they do anything? They were doing something. That they were just protecting their area. They were doing the Sorcerer Supreme was doing something for the Battle of New York. Yeah, but just you know more low key about it. Um, and I love the fact that she, you know, she's a Sorcerer Supreme and she has the Time Stone. It's like. I'm looking for Stephen Strange. Oh, well, he's about 15 blocks that way. And yeah, you're she five said, well, years too early. You're five years too Like, she already knows what's yeah. going on. And then she know? even said, she goes, he's supposed to be the best of us. So that's why she gives up the time stone, you know, because she realized Steve, he gave it up willingly. You know, then maybe she made a mistake, but she can't take that risk. So she hands the, yeah. the, the time stone to him. So it, it's cool with that. And then you have the whole, it was kind of funny because you have the whole after part of the Avengers where you got to see how Loki got the mask put on his face. And then, you know, um, my favorite is still in that Avengers, in that Avengers elevator when Captain America is standing there and he's like, I'm going to take the, uh, the staff now. They're like, um, no, you can't. He's like, there's change orders. I think I should call it in. Um, no need to hail Hydra. And you see their looks on their faces. Yeah. And it was cool because it was that total throw to that line that people hated in the comic books yeah, when yeah. he was that when he was supposed to be a Hydra agent and he just says "Hail Hydra." I was like, "Oh, that was so great for him to lean in, and just go Hail Hydra." Because it does two things: it's the comic book one, and then it's the uh, Winter Soldier. Yeah, yeah, it was so funny. I loved that. I mean, that's the one thing. Like after that, the memes came out of everybody leaning to somebody's ear, and the caption was always "Hail Hydra." Hail Hydra. Hail Hydra. <laughs> I miss those memes because we used to do it like you'd be in, you just come up behind a homie and be like, "Hey, hail Hydra!" Exactly. <laughs> just walk away. Like what? I knew it. Um, one of the most solemn moments for me was just the fact that there wasn't an end credit scene because mm-hmm. it was just it really the yeah sure the movie's called Endgame yeah sure people die 
but not having a lead into the next thing yeah really cements like th- we're done now we're done with like, this, i was yeah. like oh yeah yeah it did kind of was like that oh man because you know you've been ingrained for it for 10 years and you know it's like okay and it, it's so ingrained that people are like is there a post-credit scene in in, in star wars yeah no, they don't need it they don't they've never had that but you have these because it's always teasing it's like the little page teaser leading up yeah, to it's, event it's in a, a comic, comic book. book you know yeah. it, it's teasing the next the next issue yeah and so you have this and you just had all of that and it was just kind of like wow this is kind of and then you're just hearing the clang of the metal you know which was that throwback to the original iron man which was interesting because of the fact that you know we had you know tony still working on his suit he made one for pepper you know and yeah. uh um but there's also countless suits. Yeah. So it's it's so it it'll be interesting to see what if anything comes. But and I'm what's pretty, his name? Was at the funeral. Yeah, the kid from Iron Man Three, right. Iron Lad. That's right. Um, one of the things that I there are two scenes that literally gave me an erection, like right. um, Captain America with a hammer. Yes. I mean. It's like everybody theorizes, will he be able to raise the hammer? Will he be able to raise the hammer? Of course. And then you just see the hammer move and then glide, and then all of a sudden it hits Thanos. And then you see Steve holding it, and you're just like, oh. It, you know what's funny? is it, When it pans and it shows him holding the hammer, I just nodded my head like, yes. Yes. That's exactly what uh, I wanted to I, see. I literally was like, yes, with both fists in my hand. And, and now they're theorizing that he could have picked it up in age of ultron but he didn't want to make thor feel bad i'm like i, like, I don't know about all yeah, that yeah i know i'm like that's eh, just a little much let's let, yeah. you know it's like stop stop all right i think he was just very close to being able to pick <laughs> it up and you know then thor's like i knew it <laughs> you know which is funny because of that counter counter juxtaposition when you see him in age of ultron he gets a little nervous when he yeah, sees yeah, steve yeah. kind of move it then when he can he's just like mm-hmm, yeah <laughs> um and then the portals yeah, and I mean the first portal is cool when you see like Black Panther coming through, and then but it, for me it was when suddenly all the portals opened up and you started seeing all Wakandans, Asgardians, yeah. everybody starts strolling through the whole universe, the whole universe, yeah. and it's just like in that moment for me, thinking of the eight year old kid of going, this is the comic books that we've always wanted to see yeah. the entire Marvel universe against Thanos. The team up comics were always the best comics. And it, you, you then realize that we've just spent 10 years on basically a year, a year's like what would be a year story arc yeah. to get to the fucking team up comic at the end, <laughs> the ultimate team up yeah. comic. So yeah, because it's like when you see it's like all Secret of- Wars, <laughs> exactly. Because <laughs> you you see this and you're seeing Captain America and then you know Quill and Drax and Doctor Strange and Spider Man and yeah. you know uh, you're seeing the Valkyrie and you're seeing everybody that we've seen in the movies show up. In there, and even the Asgardians, and um, the the one dude that was in um, Thor Ragnarok, the hey man, how you doing? You know, he's he's you see him standing right there, and you're just seeing all of these, and you're just kind of like, oh my god, it's the Marvel universe against Thanos, like this is it. Even Howard the Duck was there. I still missed him. I like, saw it. Yeah, you see him for a brief second. And it's in one of the groups. He's just holding a fucking big ass rifle. Because <laughs> uh, Orbital Fetus uh, messaged about that. He's like, I was like, I know. I go, I've heard that, but I haven't seen him. And um, 
he just he was just like oh my god this was just, i mean I'll, I'll pull up the screenshot for you yeah. it's not a problem but uh but yeah i mean it's just it's it was one of those where you're just kind of like seeing everything and then captain marvel and the cool thing is that captain marvel was gone long if you almost forgot about her yeah then she comes back and you know fucking when she goes head to head with thanos and thanos headbutts her and then she's just standing there staring at him she didn't like, even move <laughs> like, i was like oh <laughs> fuck then he grabs the power stone and then punches her um but yeah you know like those were the two moments that really made me just like oh my god um some of the moments that made me laugh really hard was um uh i can't it's it you need to tilt it down a little bit more because it's like oh you see him yeah he came in with the ravengers Uh, oh cool yeah (laughs) he's there for a a brief second second. yeah Yeah. Um, that's my homie yeah seeing the ravagers and then you know yeah seeing wasp and then pepper remembering how hot she is yeah and then <laughs> pepper and everybody coming in and just like uh boom you know you're just like oh my god that's everybody in the universe right so yeah i mean it's oh, here he is um here's howard the duck as well and an after shot after the <laughs> after the fight i just showed him in bed with leah thompson <laughs> oh man so, yeah, I mean, that's really what it was, you know, people that like, oh, I didn't realize it was going to have so many references. It's like, this isn't an individual movie. This was, here's everything, and this is how it all connects. And then hearing those moments, like hearing On Your Left, you know. This, and This is so, and on, when Wasp, on Your and Left when, made and, me feel some kind of way. Oh, I know. And when Wasp said, you got a cap, you know, when she said cap, yeah. which is that like, oh, cap? Oh, well, that's what, that's what we the call it. The greatest thing about this and I was telling my kids this. I said, the way this is structured, you could watch these. I was talking to my children. When you have kids, they're not going to have seen this. Yeah. You could watch this all together and experience it all over again in order. And not in release order. Like You right. could watch it in chronological Logical order. order. Yeah. And it would make sense and everyone would freak out. And, and I love, if you've noticed that so many shows and... Um, Movies are being set up this way. Yeah. Like Game of Thrones. You can watch Game of Thrones 10 years from now. It's still going to be fucking amazing. You know what I mean? But back in the day, we're going to watch Three's Company again. It's going to be a big experience. No. So, I mean, you know, Three's, Country's, three, three, three's Company's funny. Okay. <laughs> but it's so impactful. Yeah. You know, and it's honestly got me back into comics in a big way. Um, I just, I don't know, man. It's, well, even, it, the, even the funeral. The you know, funeral, the, I don't even want to talk about the funeral, bro. <laughs> like getting all of those characters from all of the the major films, yeah. and you know, seeing them all there. You know, um, all the all the Earth heroes were there. Yeah, was Quill there? Quill, yeah, yeah, yeah. They yeah, were the Guardians of Galaxy. The Guardians were there. there. My bad. It was Quill was Mantis, Drax, yeah. and um, Nebula. They were talking shit about Mantis because she was swaying. Yeah, it's like yeah, she's a bug, dude. Yeah, like she, she never stops moving. <laughs> and then you have you know uh, Scott and um, and Jane, and then hank pym yeah you know and uh you know you have them all there and then you have uh uh clinton his kids and then you have you know um uh who was it oh it was a uh, winter soldier with uh nick fury nick, was there. yeah nick fury captain marvel was standing in the back like yeah over. and it was cool because you kind of look at it almost in like order you know yeah that's true it would look like there was a certain order to it you yeah. know and then captain marvel standing up above and then behind her was nick fury you know, like the mastermind behind yeah, all of this. Yeah, yeah. 
And then seeing Marissa Tomei, which was nice. It's never a problem. Yeah. I'm I'm always good with her. <laughs> <laughs> but it was um it it was good. And I, I would say that Endgame is one of my favorite movies, but to me, all these Marvel movies are one movie. Yeah. You know, and there's there's rumor, I don't know if this is true or not, but the whole Love Me Three Thousand or Love You Three Thousand, that all the movies are supposedly three thousand minutes long. Oh yeah, I heard but that. But I think that's I, a lot I, I of think bullshit, that's bullshit too. There. Um but uh oh man, that's the new meme too, is going I love you three thousand. Someone said that at my kids middle school graduation. One of the kids <laughs> said it. And I was like, I respect you. Yeah. That's when you know it's like out of here. You yeah. Know? But then another kid also said, you are now and forever will be my best friend. And I don't <laughs> know if he realizes what he said because I sat right the fuck up. I was like, what? TD Vulcan salute. That's what I want to know. No. <laughs> no? Um, missed so moment. Th- missed opportunity. I think it was just a um, matter of circumstance, but <laughs> amazing anyway. Uh. So I think we've done enough dick riding. Yeah, I think so. Now we just got to wait for Spider-Man Far From Home. That's right. What else is is officially announced? Nothing. Just a Spider-Man. Just a Spider-Man. So basically Spider-Man Far From Home is starting. No, it's ending phase three. Isn't Endgame end phase three? Nope. They said that Spider-Man is actually going to be part of phase three because it's supposed to supposedly... And that's why I'm thinking because they said nothing is coming out because Spider-Man comes out early July and then like late July. Well, the rumors d- is supposed to be uh, D- um, Disney is supposed to announce or Marvel is supposed to announce what next. What's they already announced out. the release dates, but there's no there's, there's no, no titles. Yeah. to them. We already know there's supposed to be a Black Panther 2, Doctor Strange 2, right, right. Eternals. Um, and they like to make everything in threes. Yeah. It seems like every character is getting a trilogy. And there's going to be eight movies. In, yeah. this, in this next phase. So what I'm figuring is when they're talking about the multiverse and stuff like that in, in Far From, that's going to be setting up what the next one will be. So it's going to be interesting to see. It looks like it's following the same pattern as phase you know, one and two. It's just it's weird to me that, and of course it'll make sense when I watch it, but the Spider-Man movie being the end of phase three seems, seems odd to me because we know that it takes place after Endgame. Right, but... Um, from what I've what I've been hearing or what I've been kind of putting together, it seems like it's going to set up what's going to go into Phase Four. It's almost like a transitional movie. Yeah, it's that yeah. it's that, that part linchpin. Of the, yeah, because originally Ant Man was supposed to be part of Phase Two, which came after right. Age of Ultron, but then they ended up pushing it and say no, it's part of because it really had no connection between them. But f- this is going to be like. To me, it feels like it's going to be that standalone comic that you always have after a big series event that kind of deals with kind the aftermath. Down. The aftermath, yeah. you know, that, that series that's like aftermath, and then it's like whatever. And then you're going to have aftermath, and it's going to be this, which is going to be the transition into that the makes next sense. one. Now it makes sense to me. Yeah. Now, I'm, just, now I'm like, okay. Yeah. Now, you just got to put it in comic book terms, yeah. and then suddenly it's like, oh, yeah, that's right. That's how it goes. The cleanup issue yeah, right. is the, what it yeah, is. The, Let's tie these things up. <laughs> All right. So... Uh, finally, if you grew up in America, you've probably used Arabic numerals pretty much every day of your life in some way. Thank you, Arabia. <laughs> if and Same if you're English, French, or from most other countries. Even in China and Japan, where other numerals are used, uh, Arabic numerals are still regularly employed, unless you're reading this in ancient Rome, and you probably use them too. <laughs> 
Nevertheless, a survey conducted by poll company Civic Science has found that 56% of Americans would like Arabic numerals, which is, are the numbers 0, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, and 9, used in every number right up to infinity, banned in schools. America, your prejudice is showing. Oh, because they don't even know what Arabic... Ah, yeah. That's depressing. In the survey, 3,624 people were asked, should schools in America teach Arabic numerals as part of their curriculum? To which 2,020 people, 56% said no, and just 29% actually said yes. The survey was designed to show tribal impulses of people to answer a question yeah. without understanding it at first, along with their own bias They hear... Lines. Arabic. Arabic and oh, enemy. Yeah. Uh, no. Our goal in this experiment was to tease out prejudice among those who didn't understand the question. Civic Science CEO John Dick explained on Twitter. Most people don't know the origins of our numerical system and yet picked a tribal answer anyway. You can argue that one is worse than the other, but both prove a similar point. 56% is a lot of people on both uh, to both not realize that numbers we use are Arabic numerals and to say they shouldn't be taught in school. However, this bias wasn't unique to people prejudiced against the word Arabic. The survey also posed questions. Should schools in America teach the creation theory of Catholic priest George uh, Lemaitre as part of the science curriculum, to which 56% of respondents said no? In, which is a shame because while uh, Georges Lemaitre was a Catholic priest, his theory of creation was the theory that the universe is expanding, which it was soon confirmed yeah. by Hubble as better known as the Big Catholic, Bang Theory. Catholic priests were some of the first scientists. Yeah. Uh, so, sorry to break this to everyone. It appears neither side has a monopoly on blind prejudice, <laughs> right. Dick wrote. Either that or 73% of Democrats believe schools shouldn't be teaching students about the Big Bang Theory. And and anytime they, universes. <laughs> <laughs> anytime they do an experiment like that, the numbers are relatively the same, yeah. aren't they? You'll have this the bigger chunk says the stupid thing, right. and the smaller chunk says the smart thing. And honestly, that's how society is. Yeah. Because the smaller chunk thinks for themselves. The big one are just sheep that do whatever the fuck they're told. Right. And I think that's just how humanity is. In, you know? in the first uh in the first one that I read, it had fifty six percent, twenty some odd percent said yes. And there was a sizable smaller portion that didn't have an opinion either way. And yeah, because they're the ones that go, I don't know what Arabic numbers are, are so. and I feel like you're trying to fuck with me. Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so it was, it was interesting because when I heard Arabic numbers, and I go, isn't that like numbers. one, two, like yeah. the numbers we actually use, the numbers in my bank account, right. like, or lack thereof in my bank account? I mean, it's the same society well, that invented algebra. Well, actually, no, zero is a number, so I guess zero in my bank account makes sense. Right. <laughs> Sadly. <laughs> Sadly enough, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, a lot of people don't know that Arabic, that civilization over there, whatever they were called back then, because I'm not, I'm kind of drawing a blank. Um, they invented most of the math, like so much mathematics and science. And it's just unfortunately religion swept through and right. now they're a, a theocratic society for the most part to the people that said no is basically the people that just read the headlines and on twitter or on right. facebook and don't actually read the They're, article all the trump supporters <laughs> that's how many trump supporters there are no, I'm just kidding. it's just as many dumb liberals too well it's funny because i was i was listening to uh uh political podcast called 538 
politics. I've heard of it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they're actually really good. Uh, uh, you, I think you would like them because yeah. they they towed the line of liberal extremism as well as uh, conservative extremism. Right. And they were talking about conspiracy theories that you know, like places like Fox and Breitbart and all them go with. They go, but they go. Uh, what they say? It was something on. It was a poll that CNN had conducted about. Um, people who would support Bernie versus supporting Biden and stuff like that. And they had NA on certain age brackets. And the the Young Turks, which is extreme liberal, he's a yeah. far liberal, he said... Becoming nerds. He goes, they, uh, they basically said that they kind of inc- inferred that it was a conspiracy to show that you know, CNN didn't ask younger voters. They only asked older voters. But the thing is, is that when they said N.A., they they said the N.A., they go in the actual voting numbers, they go N.A. actually means that they had to change the percentage of how much a certain amount of voters. Because they, they were like, okay, 240, but in certain areas, if they, in certain age brackets, they're like, they didn't have enough. So the um, the way you switch the numbers would be to inflate those numbers to make them like so one person would actually measure to be one point one and a half or two people and so they didn't have individual numbers so they put na in those in the the special markup so they said if you've done polls and you know how polls work that's how that's what's figured if they couldn't get enough they would inflate their value logical way of doing it right and they said but what they did is they reported as oh they didn't ask anybody in those instead of actually going into the numbers they said oh they said na so they only asked old people so it's biased towards Bernie. And they were saying that they go, yeah, what a lot of people fail to realize is that there's a lot of, cons- that the far left is just as prone to conspiracy theories, particularly when you're oh, dealing yeah. with Bernie Sanders as the, as, the, as the right. Oh, yeah. And so it was kind of interesting when you see that is that tribalism mentality of, oh, if it's not supporting my view, it's conspiratorial or fake news right. or, you know. Uh, it's oversimplifying the world. Right. You know, and it's, it's I think people love to do that. Like, oh, this is big and scary. I'm going to make it really easy. <laughs> right. You know? and it, because easier, easier, when you base, when you bring it down to its base, its basic simplicity, it's more palatable. People can consume it faster. So it's like, oh, yeah, you see they're showing N.A. and all of this. So that means they that, don't have to learn anything. Yeah. And they're like, it out. oh, OK. Yeah. Because they're seeing N.A. and it matches yeah. what the guy's saying. So it's like, oh, OK. You know, and it's like, okay, I'll believe that because it's easier to understand as opposed to, well, yeah, but if you deep dive, you'll find out that they're wrong. And and that's just what you're saying is true. It's like, he already figured it out for me. Right. I don't have to work. Right. And they also said because he's, you know, they go, the Young Turks has an average viewing space of like 1.4 million. They go, when you have a a amount of a volume like that, it is your ethical responsibility to make sure you're putting out the right stuff. They go, you know, because then... Yeah, but now you're... The problem is, is that in a day where anyone can say they're a journalist... Right. They don't, they don't have ethical responsibility for nothing. They, they right. just want money and, and want to push their views no matter what. Yeah. And like I've always said, well, we have no journalistic integrity at all because well, we're, not, we're journal- not journalists. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a fucking journalist. Yeah. At best, to be professional, I'm an opinion columnist. Right. If you want to, you know... If you but, even want to go even more basic than that, we're pundits. Yeah, you know we'd be we'd be considered we're assholes. Yeah, <laughs> we're okay. those we're those asshole pundits that say we're right, you're wrong, and you don't need to under you don't need to know why you're wrong 
and why we're right, right because we are and you are. And you know, I think, and I'm not talking about you and you and I specifically, but just having common people have an outlet online, podcasts written and blogs or whatever is great. Yeah. But it needs there needs to be a line drawn between the Lazy Geeks podcast and the New York Times. You, <laughs> right. you can't you can't lump us together with that. You, you know, because even we would be going, dude. I mean, that's disrespectful. <laughs> like you guys need to, to the New York Times. Yeah, is disrespectful. exactly. <laughs> um, great for me, thanks. <laughs> right. Um, but, Thank you. Think so highly of us. <laughs> right. Cool. But it's um that's the problem now is that everything's being distilled right into one bottle and it doesn't fit in that bottle. It, it's not going to work. And you have a, a society of people, and I I think that um, the new generation I'm seeing in a lot of young people are seeing it. They're seeing yeah. that they're being bullshitted yeah. because they're being bullshitted by older people, right? You know, and I think they're starting to go, "Hey, wait a minute," because they grew up with this technology. Um, I'm the first generation that, or I'm the last generation that remembers there not being the internet, right? Um, or cell phones or right. And that's benefited me because I know that the world can press on without it. Right. You know, but in a different respect, the kids that were born in the 21st century, they are so adept at seeing the world through these digital lenses, you know, that it's harder to bullshit them. Now there's idiots everywhere. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like it is what it is. A lot of them are stuck on social media bullshit and whatever. But I'm seeing a lot of educated young people, college students, you know, that are seeing through the bullshit. They're going, this is, you guys are fucking ridiculous. Fuck you. And the the thing is, is that we see, the problem is, is that the generation from you and me and, and going older, you know, when, like, I'm probably one of the few that, of my generation, Gen X, that... We kind of have, and it's funny too, because like we, most people that I know kind of go, well, that seems bullshit. Like we question it, but we also came from post Nixon. Yeah. The post Nixon era where you're been, you kind of was ingrained in you to question whatever comes out at you. Right. And it was mostly from people, not necessarily news outlets, because we only had the the newspapers and then 60 minutes and then, you know, your, your network news. But for the most part, you could trust the printed news right for the most for the most part but what they were what you were seeing too and what they were also mentioning is the fact that but there was that that study that was done that said most people that were like sextagenarians were responsible for the pushing of fake news right the problem is is with that is that yeah you can kind of you can and can't fault them like you can because they didn't follow up. They didn't look for other sources. They didn't look where the, the story came from because it's always the first thing I do. Right. It's like anytime I hear, oh, this is like, well, where's the original link? I want to find where that comes from. Anything that sounds strange. Yeah. Be it in a positive way or a negative way. Right. You want to cross-reference. Yeah, where you're like, that sounds too good to be true. Right. Where is it? Um, but you have the older generation that grew up believing that, well, it must be true if they're talking about yeah, it. It's in the paper. It's in the so. paper, so it's in my newsfeed, so it must be true. It's like, that's not how it works anymore. Right. And, you know... You have to you have to pick a source, and even then... Like, so, so I've been talking to Steve a lot about this, where I, I need... I, I want to read the news. I like the news, but you can't trust most of it. Right. So I read the New York Times. 
I feel that I can trust the New York Times. Now, does that mean that I just blindly believe everything they say? No, of course not. I can pick up the Washington Post. I can pick. I, I feel that newspaper printed news is the best way to go because it's slower. It's it's a slower feed to me, so I can think about it while I'm reading it. Right. TV news is cool if you just want the highlights, and then that even depends on what you're watching. Right. If you're watching MSNBC or Fox News, you're wasting your fucking time. Yeah. You know, you're just hearing people's opinions, but. CNN nowadays yeah. has been acting silly. It's 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 a difficult world to kind of navigate. But like I said, I think the younger folks are figuring it out, you know, and they're not trusting um, this new wave of me. I think Trump has actually done a lot for that. I think because he's Trump has made has tried to call out the news for pushing fake news, right. which. Some of them were against against uh, the mainly the ones that were supporting him, right? Um, but then it also fortified those like the Washington Post, like the New York Times, to go. Let me prove to you why you can trust what we put in our right. paper and their integrity. Not that it was bad before, but has been exemplified. Yeah, you know, and, and it's it's um it's a that's good. Yeah, you know, and that's another thing when you go into the idea of like you know. The, particularly this the whole Mueller report where Trump was saying, oh, you know, no collusion, no, you know, no obstruction, blah, 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 all of this stuff, all of the fake news, New York Times, Washington Post going out of business and they're just, you know, they're spreading fake news. Then come out the Mueller report and you find, well, actually all of the stuff that they said is in the Mueller report. And he, now it's working against him because now he's still calling them fake news, no obstruction. And then everybody's like, no, there is. And you're seeing polls that are coming out saying that most people go like, yeah, you know, maybe we don't want to impeach him, but we don't trust him. Yeah. We know he's full of shit. And that's the sad thing that you can't trust your fucking leader. Right. You know what I mean? And it's it's once I remember when Trump started saying I was watching one of his speeches or he was addressing people and he brought up the New York Times and the Washington Post in the same thing and said they both are unreliable and fake news. And I said, who the fuck do you think you are? (laughs) Like, I immediately, I felt angry. Yeah. Because it's like, these are are news sources, papers, whatever, that are trusted worldwide to provide a lens into the United States, right? The New York Times is everywhere. The Washington Post, too. But now, all of a sudden, I'm supposed to not trust them because they said you were a dick? Right. Like, no, maybe you're just a dick. <laughs> yeah. You know? So. It's like, enough, if enough people say you're a dick. Probably a probably dick. Probably a dick. You know? So, because the only people who are saying you're not a dick are you and your friends. Yeah. So, fuck you. Right, exactly. Um, So, yeah. I, I, I don't even remember what the original topic was. <laughs> well, we were talking about Arabic numbers and bl- tribal belief. But then, of course, you have the people that have always believed that because... Most of the stuff is unflattering to the conservatives, even though most of the stuff about on the conservative side is unflattering, i.e. the abortion bans and all that stuff. Yeah. You know, it's like, you know, but it's like, well, we don't hear anything positive about conservatives. So we're going to go to Breitbart and and Fox News and, you know, all of these, you know, sites because they give me the news I want to hear. And that's the tribal mentality. Exactly. 
I don't want to hear the news. Right. I want to hear my opinion. Yeah. Well, That's what I want. It's to hear. like you know the Trump and and the the Trumpers or conservatives that that come out against SNL because oh why can't they just be funny? They're too political now because why can't they just be funny? They've always like, been that way. It's like going oh, yeah. You guys are conveniently forgetting when they have when um I remember when they did a skit about. You, you remember that old schoolhouse rock, how a bill becomes yeah. a bill? And then they satirized that using Obama and was, Obama using a shotgun on yeah, the bill yeah. thing. It's like, you guys forgot about that, did you? You know, it's like you've forgotten all these times where they made Democratic presidents. Fuck, Bill Clinton. Oh, yeah. Look at the way they were. That was a long time. Yeah, that was a long time, particularly with the sex scandals and stuff like that. Yeah. And you had Will Ferrell playing Saddam Hussein. And, uh, yeah. you know, it's like, oh, we forgot all about that, did we? Now it's, oh, but it's your guy now, so now we we can't do that. Yeah, and then also, too, let's not... Will Ferrell made a career off of George W. Bush. Oh, hell yeah. Let's <laughs> let's not forget... In fact, I liked his George W. Bush, too. Comedy is supposed to be... Satire. Satire. It's not supposed to be, oh, you can't, you can't make jokes about this. The hell they fucking can't. That's what satire is. Right. It's like, they if you don't like it, change the channel. Right. Okay. Don't worry about it. No one is watching SNL for the news. Right. So don't worry about it. So stupid. Yeah. Uh, all right. So that looks like that is it for our episode this week or this month, actually. Uh, thanks for joining us. If you want to help us out, there are two ways you can. One, you can leave us a review wherever you get the show. Recommend it to your friends. Send it as a gift. Right. They'll thank you for it. That's right. Yeah. Uh, or you can, if you really want to help us out, you can donate. Head over to thelazygeeks.com and click on the donate button. And you can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash thelazygeeks, Twitter, and Instagram at thelazygeeks, all one word. Um, you can also send us feedback, comments, suggestions for episodes, your favorite conspiracy theories, what um, news outlet you use. I That's actually something I'm curious about. Like, what what news do you trust? Yeah, we all have one. Yeah. You don't trust any of them. I feel bad for you because you're <laughs> you're probably paranoid as fuck. Um, send any of that to the geeks at thelazygeeks.com. And if you want more content from us, just head over to the blog thelazygeeks.com. So thanks for checking us out. Until June third, live large. If you ain't living large, you ain't living at all. <laughs> <laughs>